Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Cartoncast. My name is Ben. And my name is Zane. And this is the podcast where we review old cartoons to see how we feel about them. Yeah, a lot of feelings today on the podcast. I am melting, boiling with emotion. Not really an emotion. It's okay, I guess. I'm boiling so hard that I go back to freezing. You ever do that? (laughs) It's called hypothermia, and it's a real problem. <laughs> yeah, I think I think your emotion chart is just a thermostat. Mmm, that would explain why it was nine ninety five. <laughs> what? Uh, and this is a podcast where we don't know how much a thermostat costs, but uh, today we are checking out a movie. It's our bootleg segment, everyone. We're Huzzah! Looking at, we're looking at a movie that has been heralded. From the uh, the the nearly the dawn of the podcast, when I grappled with tangentially the notion that Inside Out, Inside Out existed, mm-hmm. but deigned not to watch it for almost a decade. For for no reason, basically. For no reason. No, I knew I'd love it. I mean, it's not really. <laughs> Uh, it's kind of interesting that we didn't ever touch on it because it came out just after we started the podcast and it's a Pixar movie and we haven't done one of those yet. Oh, and I movie. saw it when it came out in theaters and loved it. I didn't realize that you watched it at that moment, but uh, I remember in our early years we were stuck in the bee fever of bee movie and and uh, <laughs> no that wasn't that wasn't that was way later. But we had the heady heights of uh, Fievel and He-Man. Like, there was a lot churning around in the old noggin. Yeah. There was a lot to get to. Now we've got to all of it. Cartoon over. (laughs) No more. Yep. So we have to get more recent stuff, so we're checking out Inside Out. Zane, what are your memories about it? I So this movie came out uh, in 2015. It's a Disney-Pixar joint. Boy, that would have been a better question to ask you. Well, no, this, it ties in. If Ooh. avid listeners will recall, uh, that's when I stopped <laughs> teaching. Oh. It actually came out like the month that I stopped teaching. And my and God, like, that oh, was that's, freeing. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, that's what's fucking wrong with them. <laughs> that felt so good because it came out in the U.S. in like the middle of June, which is right mm. at, right when I'm checked out. <laughs> yeah, I wonder... Like, I'm sure that wasn't a consideration, but I wonder how many teachers had your exact experience. Oh, all of them, I'm sure. Well, the ones who, <laughs> who made the decision to quit, which, you know. More power to them, man. Yeah. We treat, we treat our teachers like shit. But, I, you know, I had watched a lot of Pixar movies growing up. You know, Toy Story, Bugs Life. Oh, yeah. Uh, Incredible. And this is deep in the we can do no wrong era this of is, Pixar. When I saw this movie, I was like... I don't ever really need to see another Pixar movie, do I? Because <laughs> they just kind of melted them all down into this. You know, we're 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 at the tail. We're we're at the other side of Marvel Endgame, where we can now say, you know, this thing that has consistently made me smile for a long time. I'm good. Yeah, we're I set. Don't f- yeah, I I would. I'll I have don't... a little. I'll have a little like final snack with the Spider Man that came out right after that, and then we're done. <laughs> Some of the leftovers are totally fine, but yeah. like other franchise or other properties, or or oh or Ben, studios. sorry, can I cut you off? I thought of a joke that's okay. Uh huh. Oh man, speaking of leftovers, I'm gonna reheat the Eternals. They keep right. Eternals, Eternals. I don't remember 
the Eternals, what? the Marvel movie that they made after Endgame? No. All I have right, never well, heard of such a thing. So I'll, I'll edit this into something good. <laughs> you continue. You can try. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I think that I must have hit that point as well because I stopped... I stopped evi- enviously awaiting the next big Pixar thing. Like, mm-hmm. I, I think it actually, for me, it probably happened somewhere around Up. Like, after Up came out, I, I think yeah. I was I was more or less set for a while. So when, when Inside Out, when you brought it to me, I think I had a similar feeling of like, yeah, I'm, I'm good. Like, if it comes on, great, but I'm not going to be in any hurry to watch it because I kind of already got most of the Pixar. And to be honest, after watching this, I think that's still kind of true. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't think that this does anything particularly novel that I haven't seen before. It certainly is maybe the best depiction that Pixar has come out with. But it is still a Pixar. It's noticeably a Pixar. It has that these these um, these concepts that you're familiar with through childhood are slightly different than you think they actually are kind of pixar approach yeah well it's uh there there was a really interesting meme that came out a few years ago about this um you know the pixar lineage and it's like the year that the movie came out and then a summary and it's like 1995 what if toys had feelings 1998 what if bugs had feelings and then it's like 2015 what if feelings feelings had feelings feelings? and then 2017 what if mexican had feelings (laughs) (laughs) good shit which is just very funny to me good 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 we're finally at that level of abstraction uh i never saw up i suspect that kind of would have would have hit me in a similar way um the thing is it's 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 very good this movie is very good but i also don't feel like i got anything from it that I haven't gotten in aggregate from other places. It's all presentation as yes. far like it's all comprehensive presentation and delivery here. Mm-hmm. It's it's not concept, although the concept is very good. I found that the part that really won me over was how well they could make me empathize with the with the characters. Yeah, um, the, the the craft was very intentional. Um yes. it wasn't thrown together and not cohesive like we saw in osmosis jones doing a similar osmosis, thing uh, funnily enough osmosis jones is one of my big comparison points for this because it's a how does a body work on the inside kind of thing yeah, yeah. but as opposed to physiological this is all you know yeah. psychological and, and i recognize that the major you know uh, uh, a lot of theming and a lot of emotional beats are pretty standard pixar yeah fair um but in addition to being well-made, this movie was, like, made for me. It's, like, perfect to my interests in ways that I'll get into. And it's perfect to talk about now. Yeah. So Inside Out, uh, like we said, released in 2015. It was pro- it was directed by Pete Docter, who directed Up as well as Monsters, Inc. prior to this film. Uh, and it was co-directed by Ronnie Del Carmen, who served as story supervisor on a number of Pixar films and also directed a couple episodes of Freakazoid. I saw. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Sounds um, good. Uh, a sequel will be coming out in 2024 um, with uh, Amy Poehler reprising her role as Joy. I I so want that to be the same kid, and I will get into it later. That like I didn't know that it had a sequel, and at the end of this, I didn't either. 
at the end of this, uh, out of writing my notes, at like one of my final things is I really want a sequel, and I want it to pick up during pu- puberty. Yeah, like, yeah. I, I want I want them to completely flip the script again. Yeah, I have the I have a few notes about Pete, Pete Doctor because oh, yeah. uh, it's a he's it's a, a name doctor. Group. He is uh, <laughs> technically a a doctor, <laughs> spelled doctor of a sort. Yeah, but we don't talk about that. He um he's one of those names that you might vaguely recall but mm-hmm. don't have a property to tie him to specifically. He is actually one of the like more fundamental building blocks of the Pixar empire. He was Yeah, he's been tenth, there a long time. He was their 10th employee and third animator. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he he joined up in 1990. So he was right there when they were kind of finding their footing and getting oh, was he on was the he on the Brave Little Toaster? Was he like in that? <laughs> I I do not pre, know pre team, um, but he is expected to receive the Windsor McKay Award at the 2023 Annie Awards ceremony, mm. along with fellow animators Craig McCracken and Evelyn Lambert. Okay, or yeah, Lambert. Well, well deserved. <laughs> so yeah, like if you're rubbing elbows with Craig McCracken, you've, if you're uh, you've if you're cracking well. open a Craig with the boys, if you're cracking open some elbows. Um, yeah, so the the general conceit of this film is that we are um, inside the head of an 11-year-old girl named Riley, and we are seeing her emotions personified and uh, how they interpret the world and how they impact her personality as she develops. Um, it feels a lot like stuff we've seen like Osmosis Jones. Like, it's a concept that has definitely been around but has never yeah. really been explored as thoroughly and as precisely. We've definitely seen this a number of times. Um, I think that the notion of, like, we have to externalize this abstract concept was actually dealt with in a few things like Storybots, for example. Sure. Like, oh, we need to think about music, but music's kind of hard to peg down. So here's a bunch of, like, Goobers. animated notes and rhythms and whatever. Yeah. Like, this, this happens a lot in cartoons. But the theme... Like, a lot of this episode is probably going to be, hey, this is an externalization of a mental thing, and it's done well. You yeah. know? It'll, it'll, it's, it's, it's good. Like, a lot of it, I think, is going to be similar to Osmosis Jones when we're like, yeah, that's that's how the body works, and it's done well. It's it's <laughs> like what they did in Psychonauts. They're like, oh, mental baggage is like luggage, uh, but yeah. done, done with, like, a budget. Done with a budget and with... There's a, there's a there's a input and there's a tenderness to it like the the conceit of this it was done like Pete Doctor uh did it based on his experiences watching his daughter grow up yeah and like it's it's pretty clear that there's like a lot of tenderness to this story and I didn't expect it cuz I think that kids movies kind of need to have an obvious villain there's not one yeah, it's interesting that we see characters' personalities broken down into five, like, emotion levers, and yet these are extremely well-realized individuals, even, like, the smaller characters. I agree. It was actually making me kind of uh, th- hope for uh, additional emotions getting added on the pile later yes. on, and they, they do a nice—they do something like that, but— So I—yeah, so I'd like— Go ahead. I'd like to talk about the emotions, the ones they picked and why, because mm-hmm. this is reason one for why this movie hit me perfectly, which is I studied a lot of psychology and neuroscience in college, and boy, yeah, they man. got a lot right. 
cool, give it to me. Because I know that they, like, had a bunch of psychologists and, psych, uh, like, you know, a bunch of psych professionals um, to to kind of stress test this yes. script and this world. So tell me what you think. Tell me yeah, what I you mean, found. I mean, they, they, they worked on figuring out how to embody these uh, mental concepts in a way that was was useful to the story and there was a lot of you know revising and hit or miss kind of kind of development it was it was in development for a long time so mm. in terms of the cast they had considered 26 different emotions to include and uh, to to be a part of it and they narrowed it down as they streamlined the scope and story of the film to these five and what we have are um joy sadness fear anger and disgust and those are yeah very good choices they are um they're primal they're five of the six what are considered universal emotions and this is an area where it's like well this field says that these are the six universal sometimes there's seven or eight yeah they're a lot like neutrinos in that way it's it's a it's geared toward a western audience and sort of the classical psychology um there's other developments, you know, you'll look at, well, the light, <laughs> like Nirvana, one of them. What's what do you mean? <laughs> well, like, you know, the way that we use language affects how we think of things. So like homesick has a word in English, but not French. Like, gotcha. How does that affect us? Um, and mm-hmm. in non-Western contexts, you know, uh, uh, they're, you know, Americans, this is a very individualistic perspective on what emotions are, whereas in other cultures it might be emotions are part of the connection we have with others and have to be understand in that context. They, they would be more of a communal sort of relationship. Yeah, so there's, so there's different theories on it, um, but these five plus um, surprise are okay. uh, considered universal because if you go, what, what they did in the research was they went to all different you know places on Earth, including... You know, islands where other people haven't interacted with, uh, uh, you know, the more worldwide uh, uh, globalized system, much more isolated right. communities. And they recorded facial expressions that corresponded to these emotions, and they're pretty well conserved. Really? Yeah. So, like, happiness, the smile, looks the same in, like, you know, upwards of 90% of cultures. Sad looks the same in a lot. The the ones where it gets a little weird are fear and surprise, because in some places, the only reasons to be surprised are to be a af- are because you're afraid. Like yeah, you're you're not surprised by good things ever, and so there's there's a bit less there. Um, I will say five is the right number for like is the maximum number for a good D and D group. So like yeah. I think that <laughs> from a from a pure like storytelling perspective and and movie craft, I think that trying to add a sixth would muddle the mixture too much. I think that well, five was the right man. And I and I agree. And I also think surprise and fear would have been too similar for that yeah. reason. And fear on his own added maybe less than a lot of the others, but he was fun to watch. He he was very Doctor Doppler. I, I'm not surprised that you enjoyed him. Uh, sometimes I see a seventh emotion, contempt added. They cut that. Um, I'm also, <laughs> it's like disgust, but a little imagine. different. Yeah, disgust, but like a little bit more extreme. And then, um, I often see, uh, eight core emotions and they add in trust and anticipation. Um, and so you're, you're kind of getting a, a sense of there's this positive versus negative as well as like, am I engaged mm. or disengaged axes? 
I see. Um, That's interesting. And this gets into the other reason why this movie was a shot straight to my heart, which is improv. Dude, I, I didn't read up any of this, and I put a ton of notes in about how good the riffing was. Tell me <laughs> all you know. Uh, what I, I don't actually mean the character improv, although I noted one point where I'm like, oh, Ben's going to have things to say about these two guards talking about their hats. <laughs> I, I love that scene. I didn't even write notes down because it was so insubstantial that not even I could comment on it. Um, but no, uh, so in my improv group, we separated our training, you know, uh, of um, of two over two semesters, and then every year you get you new members, and you kind of have to revise things. But the first semester was always like scene basics, things like uh, setting up a scene, learning the game, escalation, etc. Second semester was characters, and my focus within that was emotions, and so mm-hmm. I created uh, uh, lesson plans for the improv group based around these six core emotions. Dude, and, that's amazing. And because we were in a musical group, we would ha- do things like, okay, both of you enter the scene with an emotion picked, and then the musician will come in with a tune that has a different emotion, and you have to merge them because you can do oh, hybrid that's emotions. that's really good. You know, you can do you can do anger and happiness as sort of a schadenfreude, right? You can do... You can do a lot with emotions, and it's it's. I love it. I it's, it's, I can read about this never endingly. It's 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 really good. Like I enjoyed watching all of this, and like my, you know, inner Freud was salivating over trying to break down these emotional concepts into kind of easier to digest part parts. Yeah. Um, what you said about um, the, you know do one emotion and then hear music and try to merge the two, Mm -hmm. I think is a thing that we don't recognize how valuable it is in media. But there's certain... I'm getting flashbacks to, like, Spongebob of all things. Yeah. Where, like, Spongebob will be so clearly elated and then you'll hear, like, a sad violin as his expression deflates. Mm Mm-hmm. It is not only a good joke, it is something that is so easily communicated to an audience. Like, the start with one, and then we kind of, we, we accrete some mass from this other emotion until we get something something kind of complex. And, and that's one of the weaknesses of the um, discrete emotion theory, which is it's, in actuality, runs a lot more on a continuum. I remember um, a while ago... Super Eye Patch Wolf video had a. He was trying to describe the difference between uh, Shonen and Sinan. Mm-hmm. And the what he came to was that, to oversimplify, Shonen is that logic governs emotion. Sinan is emotion governs logic. Interesting. Where, like, <laughs> the things that you are thinking are because your emotions are kind of pointing you in directions. And something that is. I, I hear communicated often by people i really respect is like the duckfeed people um would would comment like gary would comment um pretty frequently that it's really important to accept conflicting sets of emotions in yourself because to not allow that makes you really fragile as a person yeah, it, it's like when you play D&D and you are forcing yourself to fit the alignment axis that you've chosen. 
mm, instead I, of growing naturally as like okay my character yeah. sheet says i'm lawful good but clearly in this context i would i would do something else podcasting makes it easier because all you have to do is be lawful funny and like the rest doesn't really matter but yes, yes. <laughs> i agree <laughs> But Ben, um, tell me about the emotions as characters in this, as well as their perfect voice casting. Yeah, this is an incredible voice cast. <laughs> um, as befits, you know, Pixar at the height of their power. So main character is Joy. She is the first emotion that Riley gets. You know, opens the eyes, wonder, that whole Santa Claus thing, whatever. Voiced by Amy Poehler from Parks and Rec, as well yeah. as a bunch of comedy stuff, and even had a bit part uh supporting role in the second season of the awesomes it's it oh that's, i forgot about the awesomes <laughs> mm -hmm. um proc's girlfriend yeah did um and i think this is where you know you have a big studio and a big production you can pick actors not just for their line read but for the cultural context of them amy poehler in parks and rec like that character that she does maps on very nicely onto joy here and you can feel yeah. her pull that experience in the same way that you have for for anger and for um disgust the nice thing about joy and she is kind of the focal character so i don't mind taking a little longer mm -hmm. on her specifically there's a lot about that, her is that she also kind of you can see especially through the first half of the movie like that there's a lot of problems of just trying to force happiness when there's not much to be happy about. It's toxic positivity. It's it's one-to-one -one gripes about the boss. Like, th this is a good <laughs> boss paradigm. You know, like, trying to, like, force a smile to get people to come to the meeting. Like, they probably don't feel the way that they f have to express themselves. Oh, yeah. And it's real cringy to watch. Um by design like she's she's you're not supposed to like her kind of yeah. halfway through the movie um but yeah I, I got a lot of like bureaucratic forcefulness for the purpose of the like the bottom line it you, doesn't, you, doesn't really communicate joy a lot of the time you see her coming up with reasons why something is good because her identity is centered around things being good and and like you say that fragility the other yeah. emotions are much more um subdued in their roles because Riley, the character, as we'll see, has her identity placed on top of this core positivity, uh, and yeah. that's put on her by her parents. And so we watch that kind of crumble away because it has to for her sanity. Yeah, yeah. And that sounds like really dire because it's all phrased from within a person's mind, so you often get the whole, you know— uh, a sneeze happened and that's like a major terrorist action in osmosis <laughs> jones so so you get that kind of conflict of scale her personality crumbling it's not as dire as it sounds it's it's a normal girl going through personal development brought on by strong external factors i i could i could even say trauma but yeah the the point is like don't don't worry too much she's gonna be fine yeah um, some other characters, sadness, is uh, portrayed by Phyllis Smith. I don't, I recognize the voice, but I couldn't place it to a particular place. It's very good. <laughs> um, so I believe that she is most associated with a character on The Office, where she sort of, yeah, you know, I haven't seen 
the office. Oh, is she the one with like the the glasses with the beads on it? Like Yeah, she's the he, like he, librarian look. Yeah, like the um who's that one teacher from Jimmy Neutron? The <laughs> That one? That's the, the one she reminds me of. Uh it's fascinating that you're more accurate <laughs> than you probably should be. <laughs> uh discuss Disgust is Mindy Kaling. Mm-hmm. Yep, she's pretty in much all kinds yep. of stuff, SNL kind of things. Yep. Um, Fear is played by Bill Hader. I originally thought that it was Vicini. <laughs> oh, you thought it was um, Wallace Shawn. Wallace Shawn, thank you. Yeah, that's that. That wouldn't be bad. Um, Bill Hader. He's not really doing his his normal voice here. I haven't seen him in a lot, but I always love him. Mm-hmm. No, I think he does a great read here. Uh, and then the voice I could pick out of a you know thirty car pileup, uh, Lewis Black playing anger. There's that cultural is, context I'm talking about. <laughs> it's so funny that him playing anger is the gentlest I've ever heard Lewis Black. <laughs> right. I remember. I remember Mom and David once going to like a Lewis Black show. At Mom some didn't point. know what she'd put. In, no, no, she, she got herself she, into. She knew she liked him when he like guested on the Daily Show or something. But like, they got home and David was like, "Yeah, it was really good." And Mom was like, "He swore a lot more in his live stuff." <laughs> <laughs> like it was the first time Mom had understood what stand up was. <laughs> I think, honestly, I think I could go to a loose black show and still be surprised by how much he swears. <laughs> I, that feels yeah. true to me. Yeah, it's 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 unbound like in the movie where he's like "Ooh, i've been i've been dreaming up some good curse words if you want to hear them yeah like he's making new ones up in his in spare time um, um yeah so those are then, those are the five main oh those uh, are the five main emotions no no yeah. go ahead and um their character designs you know these are all over the posters like these are really well designed they're color-coded um they were designed to resemble evocative objects related to their emotions I didn't realize that. Like, so, what? Joy is shaped like a star, you know, with her arms and oh, legs yeah. outstretched and yellow. I think that I think that we'd mentioned when we were doing um, the uh, Jack Frost, the the yeah. guardians, uh, <laughs> the, the guardians, guardians of the, of the of the of the world of the of winter. What was it? The, they were just rising the with the guardians. Yeah, yeah they were rising like, up. <laughs> yeah. The, the Rise of the Guardians, uh, we were talking about how, like, the banana fairies, the, uh, yeah. the the Tinkerbells in that looked an awful lot like Joy. That is very, very true. Um, sadness is, resembles a teardrop. That's good, yeah. Fear is a neuron. Okay, I, I dig it. Like, I dig like it. a raw nerve or neuroses. Um, mm-hmm. Anger is a brick. And, Anger's a... <laughs> yep. <laughs> and disgust is uh, broccoli, because that's kind of the, like, oh, token... Yeah. This is disgusting. Um, they yeah. they had to change that in um, like Japan. They they changed oh, yeah. it to because they're greenies. good kids. They eat their broccoli. Well, because it's it's in a lot more food, and they don't think it's mm. as disgusting. You're <laughs> you like your own culture's food. It's another psychological thing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you're yeah, familiar yeah. with it. Um, no, no, I, I gotcha. At the time, there was a little bit of discourse because sadness is like this short, dumpy glasses wearing character and um some people were saying like this aesthetic is reinforcing stereotypes of fat women as sad lonely and unlovable okay like but fine (laughs) i most most people were like that i don't buy that one but not (laughs) isn't isn't the thrust of the movie that like sadness is important and like 
you shouldn't it, just suffer through them. And the the, the I article like, I, I get, saw about the discourse I get, I get the was that the person making the criticism had not watched the movie. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, yeah, it's it's. I I don't. It it has such the the internet sort of phenomenon of like this person's looking for a fight. Yeah. Like save save your bullets, man. <laughs> Keep your powder dry for like a more offensive movie. Like this is doing so much positive reinforcement for archetypes for, for that, emotions for any for emotions. Anyone. Yeah, for people going through hard shit. Like the way that this movie distinguishes sadness from depression is beautiful. I, I saw that that was like one of the selling points of it is that like, and it it didn't really vibe with me how sadness and depression were different. And like when the, when I read that, that was a major distinction in the process of making this movie. I was like, oh shit, that is what that is. It's like <laughs> depressed, like you're you're depressing, like trying to lower them. Oh yeah, like I I. <laughs> kind of considered the definition of depress in the word <laughs> depression for the first time dude come on man you know this guy firsthand <laughs> yeah you know he's my bro I like this uh, son one one last uh design note so they're all very strictly color-coded uh except for joy who has a not insignificant amount of blue in her design in terms of the hair as well as her aura um yeah yeah i think she, it's a she good has look. like this I, she had this she has like this little lighting effect around her and it points it paints almost every scene that she's in alongside any other emotion mm-hmm. as the dominant uh if you want to be so um punnett square about it the dominant the the dominant gene yeah the dominant emotion because it takes the focus of the scene much like in riley's character joy is at the forefront she's kind of manning the controls she's the you know good boss happy to be here kind of manager yeah. um and so it, it's well articulated through animation as well it, it it suits the themes and the story they're trying to tell uh the actual reason that she's the only one that has an aura is that it took eight months to get it right and the team refused to do anymore <laughs> oh that's amazing they're i mean like, it works on its own though like it works like we as... can't we can't do this guy she's <laughs> She's she's more developed than Riley. It, it totally fits. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, there is that whole sadness and joy thing that happens by the end of the movie. So giving her a secondary motif makes perfect yeah, sense. I don't there. mind it. I'm also going to mention that the character models of the emotions specifically look incredible because we've dealt with puppetry before. All right. Mm-hmm. We are felt uh, connoisseurs at this point. I don't know if I've seen felt animation, like animated <laughs> right. to look like felt. There's an animated, so because they have to look Jones, different from the people, right? The, Osmosis who are Jones animated. has real people and then regular animation for the outside world and inside world. Mm-hmm. This has animated outside world, animated different inside world, animated. They look like fuzzy hand puppets yeah yeah (laughs) it's adorable (laughs) and it just it makes them so clearly um this is a really good thing that i don't know if i i I bet i will see it more now that i'm thinking about it wherein we have two different styles of animation and the ones with the cutesier designs are the ones with the higher stakes so you know how i was talking about like the (laughs) that's a pixar signature 
Yeah, the Osmosis Jones thing um, of outside, it's a sneeze. Inside, it's like a terrorist attack. Right, yeah. Um, Give all of the harder moments, put them into the put them into the cutesier aesthetics and that that doesn't exactly happen in this movie but i i i enjoy the how different and how cutesy the emotions are because they have to be simpler they're not people you know (laughs) they're more childlike they're more whimsical Uh, they look like they would be plushies oh man how cool would it have been if the mom and dad's uh brain towers had different like different types of animation or or ones that more more accurately depict the animation style of the outside world. Ones that are oh, less interesting. kind of, you know how sometimes when you have, I'm going to bring it to Ed, Ed and Eddie. Okay. There's yeah, that yeah. episode where they're all telling a story. And when Ed's story happens, the animation's kind of crazy and janky and like weirdly, stupidly drawn. Yeah. yeah. You know, like a, like a fry playing holophone. Or it's it's a personal aesthetic. Exactly. And you, you get the, it's, it's so good at showing this is how the person thinks. Mm-hmm. Um, damn, that would have been good. That would have taken even more time than the glow effect. But anyway, <laughs> uh, I digress. I, 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 I think that would have been, talk about. there, there's so many, like the way that they play a concept leads to like, they have things like the train of thought and like personality islands and stuff like that. Where like, they, they, did discuss with you know scientists and stuff about how memory formation and personality development all that stuff works it's in service to the story and taking any part too literally is going to get you in trouble more than it's actually going to help that happened about halfway through the movie i have a a few problems of the pacing of this movie and some of the Mm -hmm. plot considerations apparently this plot was heavily reworked in the back half so i don't have a problem believing that all of the criticisms about this isn't how a brain is i chuck in the trash (laughs) they are not um they're not valid criticisms in my mind this does a really good job at portraying reasonably adolescent development yeah uh i am ready to get started me too so we start with riley being born and uh we're introduced to joy uh and and you know the parents yeah, it's, a, it's a voiceover by Joy, but there is a lot of visual explanation of how things work. Um, the way that Joy pushes a button and we see Riley through this mind dome in the real world smile. And we're like, okay, that makes sense. We see the memory orb being formed and going down this like Dr. Seuss conveyor belt. And we're like, okay, so this is how yeah, it's like a, headquarters it's like a, it's, works. It's like one of those fancy gumball machines. Oh, it's be- I love it with all the spinners and the tassels. Yeah, exactly. It's a, um, it's a really good three-minute TikTok video somewhere. She holds up the memory, and we see the dad saying, like, oh, that's our beautiful little daughter. And she can, like, fast-forward or play it back. And it's like, our okay, bundle of joy, yeah. We're learning a lot that's, that's not being spoken. Yeah, they're they're showing not telling. It's real yeah. good. Uh, and then sadness comes in because uh, she's hungry or something. <laughs> Dude, emotion leitmotifs. Like, of course, of yeah. course they would do that. I don't know why it didn't occur to me, but yeah, you you usually have when the emotion is talking, you usually have um, the music reflect it. Like when things are panicky and frenetic, uh, is generally when like anger or fear is involved, and you can expect kind of a lot of brass. Yeah, it's it's real good. 
Well, and, and and it sets up this um, you know, this this main dichotomy, this main conflict in the movie of between joy and sadness, where joy is just trying to minimize the amount of sadness because she sees that as uh, being counter to her goals, and sadness yeah. is just trying to be included. Like I'm here for a reason, even if she wouldn't say it outright. Yeah, and she, joy. It's it's interesting because like. I don't think that everyone seems to kind of be on the same page there, you know, like everyone mm-hmm. except for sadness, like disgust and anger and fear are all like, no, 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 I'm on team joy. Yep. You're the boss. You're, you're a man. Of yeah. the ship. <laughs> you, you, you got, you got this. Um, and that's understandable. Yeah. It, it, it makes sense. It like, you can uh, go deeper on it. So, than that, so but... happiness in this movie and in a lot of ways uh, in, in general in culture is seen as the default, right? Yes. A positive affect. As long as everything is going fine, you will be happy. You need a reason to be sad. You don't need a reason to be happy, that kind of thing. Yeah. Anger, or as it's expressed here, like a, a, a caring about fairness, right? Um, disgust, both socially and physically, avoiding toxic things. Fear. It's all about regressing to the mean that is sadness. It's about avoiding or, I mean, harm. Right. It's about it's about protecting the joy. Sadness is not seen as a valuable emotion. Because yeah, they, even they say, don't I don't know what she's for. They don't understand that, like, you can feel better later if you feel this. Like, it, it's it's an emotional need uh, that you are expressing. Yeah, it's it's not a well understood. You, you can't really tell what the purpose of it is. They even say that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that is the. That is the nut that we're going to crack yeah. over the course of this movie is why is sadness here? Yeah. And joy and sadness being here first makes uh, sense from a developmental perspective. At the beginning, babies really can only experience and express positive versus negative. Like, I'm good versus I need something. Yeah. Um, and the other ones kind of develop later as what I need becomes more distinct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, works real good for me. Let's talk a little bit about the mechanisms of this, 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 this of inner child. Yeah, headquarters. Uh, okay. <laughs> great, great fun. I'm in. Give, give, give me, give, yeah, give me a second, though, because, like, <laughs> there's a lot of ontology here that I'm not entirely comfortable with. <laughs> they do so much world building. <laughs> yeah, they're a big world guy. <laughs> like, they, okay. they, they plug it in. <laughs> like, it's easier to see than to express. Yeah, okay, so they, they have these like little marbles, these little gumballs that, that go down the, the, the track or whatever, and they're memories. Memories in this in this space are just like these little like these bowling balls of movies. And if something's real important, it becomes a core memory. Like at, yeah. which is what Riley is at her core. Okay. Right. These are the starting points that do, that create the personality islands. No, I'm not even like... I'm not even ready for the personality islands, yeah. Zane. <laughs> Let me go through this step by step. Please, okay? please. So, first of all, a lot of deliberation. Those are memories. These are core memories. They're important. Pixar, I love you, buddy. <laughs> I know that someone's going to fuck with these things. You've got to, <laughs> you could be a little subtler about this. Like, don't tell me that it's all riding on the hypothalamus, man. Now, these are literally our background MacGuffins. And these ones, well, these are on a central pedestal. So you might think of them as major <laughs> MacGuffins. 
<laughs> it's real, real funny. Uh, but yeah, the core memories are kind of what 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 determines Riley's personality. Yeah. Uh, and and they're color coded, are... right? We see that they are, you know, most of the memories on the background wall of the day to day are joy, and all of the core memories are joy. Yeah, re- really good, real, real good. And, and they they show that through animation of the outside world, which is like. Yeah, this is a this is a kid who has loving, doting parents, a lot of activity. Um, seems seems like things are going pretty good. She's got enrichment in her habitat, you know, mm-hmm. filling yeah. up the food bucket, putting her on the wheel. Everyone's happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not much more to do. Uh, islands of personality are man. This this took me a minute to get used to. <laughs> <laughs> so like. They exist are... solely so there's something to crumble later. That's exactly what. <laughs> that's exactly what they're for. They are, they are there to explode. Uh, <laughs> Riley has yes. This five is my ways... pride dome. <laughs> Riley has five ways to express herself: silliness, friendship, hockey, <laughs> family, family, and, and honesty. I don't remember honesty. Yeah, if. If it doesn't fit one of those, or if she has any, any, anything happens in her outside life that goes counter to one of those, her personality ceases to be. Well, so this, <laughs> this is where it gets tricky when you try to take things too literally. It's emotionally yeah. true. <laughs> because like, so many of, so much of the show, of this movie, like, fires on all cylinders, Things that are just completely wacky nonsense. I'm just like, all right, you get one. <laughs> Sounds good. I, I I get it. Like, oh yeah, me. What are what is about me? Okay. Oh, scientist, uh, family, podcast, video games. You know, like those were, those would be the things I go to. Those would be the things I would introduce myself with. Um, it's it's not unreasonable. We should have Andrew those... Spawn on to talk about our islands of personality at some point. Ooh, as a theme park. Yeah. <laughs> you get to build your own and just kind of like they ARG up a standard park. Yeah, exactly. He loves yeah. ARG. That's not bad. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's 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 an oversimplification on that front as well as, yes, you can have instigating memories, like instigating events that lead you to a path. So much more of your brain uh, of like personality and like patterns and habits is because of the repetition, right? Yeah. The fact that you like the fact that you had this life-changing moment matters less than you followed it up with a hundred smaller moments. Yeah, 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 and that's just like the one that sticks out to you as the moment. Mm-hmm. But the the fact that Joy is continuously like the winner of each round of mini games or what have you in Riley's day to day. Guys, you want to play Mario Kart again or Mario Party again? Mo- <laughs> most most of the core memories are Joy. It makes sense. It makes sense. And we see them at the end of the day dump all the working memory balls into long-term storage. I love it. And later on, we'll see that when she sleeps, memory workers get rid of memory she doesn't need anymore. So good. Um, So goddamn good. Which is a real reason why you need sleep. (laughs) Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Also, we get a little bit later that uh every all the memories kind of get back to the future if you don't uh if they become less relevant like they start fading yeah i'm I'm very curious how you felt during that whole arc oh i felt great about it uh but yeah so olimar blasts off at the end of day and (laughs) yep (laughs) 
you know, long-term storage actually occurs on a much more regular basis every few minutes as you're putting working memory into short-term and then short-term in the long-term. Just had to let that out. Really? Did you yeah. read the manuals at HQ? Well, I studied there. Have you seen Memento? That kind of gets it closer. <laughs> I can't believe I, I went to grad school. I could have just watched Memento. I mean, it's a good movie. <laughs> <laughs> I went to grad school and all I got was this memento. <laughs> it's not bad. <laughs> is it stupid? How stupid is it? Okay. Listeners, you be the judge. So we have our setup. It's time for our motivating incident. Family moves from home. Um, um, this is a nice on the road again, cross country sequence. We get to see a lot of beautiful animation that Pixar wants to do, but we will be in a city. So it's mm-hmm. going to be hard. <laughs> uh, so it's going to be uh it, it's a it's a good sequence yep. uh, um but they're, they're going, going to from... san francisco yeah which, which seems awful <laughs> we we know right away that this is going to be a problem because <laughs> like hockey is the big thing hockey's a good a good way to cement her personality here right as well as like this is not an unfamiliar story like go to where the work is you got to follow the parents and it often brings you away from idyllic countryside and yeah. to a much more inhospitable environment. Yeah, taking her away from the real America. Yeah, exactly. Thank you, Zane. <laughs> I knew you'd be on my page here. And and we see Joy distracting almost the, the other emotions, showing off the resilience of children. Like, this seems like a very, like, okay, now we're doing this. Um, yeah, jangling the keys and whatnot. Um, th- we, this is where we first see Joy giving the good boss vibe kind of thing. Like, mm-hmm. and and it's it's pretty early, it's pretty early on, but we can already see that this is going to be the thrust of the movie. You can't be happy all the time. Yeah, and uh, the console. So originally it was just this one button that Joy could press or Sadness could press. Now it's a console, and um, you know it, it's got a lot more depth because emotionally Riley's capable of much more complex things, and so mm-hmm. we see her go through, you know, exploring the new house and like imagining her new room and just like we hear the emotions give their input and we see her uh react to that in real time yeah 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 so like she'll open up the room and it'll be dingy and terrible and first of all great riffing between the emotions (laughs) here like i'd be surprised if they had a script for this uh anger saying lewis black going get out the rubber ball we're in solitary confinement (laughs) just really good naturally flowing riffing um so we'd see like you know riley start to kind of furrow her brow and then joy is like oh but we can put this here and this here and like we can see the place filling out in the in her imagination and riley kind of quirking a smile like uh, just just to give some just to give some specificity to your point which is that we can see it in real time joy joy is overbearing but she's a good boss like she does know what she's doing yeah it's it's her job (laughs) as far as the emotions can tell their job is to keep her happy who better than joy to man the controls and be Mm -hmm. at the head of the helm? like they're definitely she's first among equals is what i'm saying what what do you mean this isn't part of our mission statement i wrote the mission statement (laughs) yeah i Uh, trademarked it and everything and so there's some ups and downs. She's trying to, like, make the best, play hockey with the dad, get some pizza. Um, we I, s- I made a lot of 
I made a lot of early guesses in this movie. Maybe just, I'm too overexposed oh, yeah? <laughs> by Pixar. But when she gets back from the, the, the bad pizza joint that only has broccoli pizza and dad doesn't come to tuck her in, um, I, I predicted divorce. <laughs> <laughs> Immediately, my foot was on the gas and I was convinced that this was going to end in divorce. Uh, I mean... And hey, maybe it'll happen in the sequel. I don't know. Oh, yeah, that's what this needs. <laughs> <laughs> kind of does, though. So um, we see one of Joy's memories freeze as sadness infects it. So sadness yeah, will this be is... touching these memories, and they will start turning blue, and Joy will be like, this cannot happen. I must contain her at all costs. Right, right. And, like, that makes sense from a emotional perspective from Joy's point of view. But mm-hmm. it also makes sense with riley i could have just that was the most vapid thing that i'm going to say 30 times it you know it's it's (laughs) it's an externalization of a phenomenon that's there she doesn't want to be sad she pushes to the back of the mind easy yep and it it's um so there is a novelization of the movie called driven by emotions that that fleshes out the perspective of the other emotions as these events are are taking place Hmm. and apparently sadness's actions are caused because she feels the memories calling out to her because they need a tinge of sadness because Riley's getting older. These things are in the past. That's a natural, you know, response to getting older is to say, right. oh, the past was good. What does that mean about now? <laughs> yeah, the rose-tinted glasses kind of coming off. It's also really good because it it articulates really well for Riley specifically given that her personality islands are as they are yeah uh she does not know how to communicate sadness so sadness also has no clue how to communicate yeah well well you know joy keeps telling her like find the fun and sadness says like crying helps me slow down and obsess over the weight of life's problems like she's telling us what her she's telling us the is. subtext it yeah. just doesn't sound like what we need right now yeah it's it 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 sounds awful but like i love that sadness can't really communicate on a in a way that joy will accept much like Mm -hmm. riley can't accept the sadness she doesn't know how to bring it out in a productive way so she just tries to ignore it it's it's just really well she's sidelining the problem employee the other ones she like knows what to do with on their own they're not great but they work in in conjunction with her and we'll see when them they, on when their they own have later. To, yeah, when they have to drive by committee later is pretty good. <laughs> um, and like you say, the the mom and dad, you know, oh, we've got a lot of stressful things. We can't tuck you in. The mom comes up and like, hey, I am also having trouble. Can I put the burden of positivity on you? <laughs> it's so rough. Oh, God. Oh, yeah. I have a lot of thoughts. About it's this understandable, first, but it's so misguided. First of all, the person who starts taking over while Riley's trying to fall asleep it's fear Mm. i mean perfect that's that's when that would happen um and i i like how the other emotions start overthrowing joy like the burden is too high no there's nothing good here yeah don't focus on it and just at that moment the mom comes in and says no 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 focus on the joy you got this and like the whole audience i can only imagine how it was in theaters of like (laughs) everyone kind of going no you know cringing because like it's like the worst thing for our emotions at this moment i think the older be happy i think older audience members caught like they understood that that was not supposed to be encouraging (laughs) yeah that's not good crowd 
Um, I, I but just it, but like it, that... it shows how if you are in a culture that does not explain the purpose and value of sadness, you're not going to internalize it until you have to deal with it yourself, and then you might not be prepared for it. Also, Riley is able to shut down the negative emotions by appeal to authority. Mm. Anger says, well, can't argue with mom. Like, that's yeah. that. Like, I, I got nothing to say to that. <laughs> I'm, out, I'm out of tricks. Uh, and they all agree to give it back to Joy. That it, That's so good. Like, we're like Riley hearing her mom say, hey, I need you to be happy. Is just it's it's enough to hand the control back over to Joy, mm-hmm. which is bad in the long term, but it's good as for the way that this movie articulates. Uh, so we have Joy on Dream Duty, which is a classic vignette for any subconscious oriented plotline, and she's trying to override the bad dreams with happy memories. Um, and we see Joy, you know, again mirroring her. She skates around. Uh, it's very cute, and she's like, "Okay, tomorrow." We're going to, we're going to, the thing that hasn't been working lately, I'm going to double it. We're, we're going for it. <laughs> yeah. Just, just full steam ahead. Um, this is a very minor moment, but it's very important because the love that Joy has for Riley is the same thing that made Osmosis Jones work for me, mm. which is that Osmosis Jones loved being a police officer in Frank's body. This is my city. <laughs> this is my city. That's exactly it. Like, yeah. This is my human. My host means this much to me. And there it was patriotism, and here it's familial love. But, like, the connection is the same. Mm-hmm. Like, we didn't want Frank to die, even though he was a terrible father. Because <laughs> Chris Rock made us care about him. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you they're got it doing right. a similar... <laughs> yeah. I got it right that time. <laughs> I think. Um, now I'm questioning it. I've infected you with my, with my sadness. Uh, but... Yeah, th- this is a common thing that they do. Um, it might seem like a minor moment, but the relationship between Joy and Riley, you know, often we think of it like as Joy is the loudest voice in her head, mm-hmm. but we don't really get a lot of, like, I think it's really nice to kind of marinate on, like, what Riley means to her own sense of happiness. Yeah, it's, it's yeah. just it's not it's something that doesn't like get articulated a lot. Well, I mean, we only really see it at the very beginning of the movie, right? That positive feedback loop. She presses the button. She sees Riley smile. She feels good. It's almost like a drug. And then, yeah. as time goes on, everything needs to be in the service of pressing that button more. Yeah, yeah. I mean, just yeah, dopamine feedback. Uh, um, anyway, the next day, first day of school. Classic. <laughs> Joy's over-eager zaniness would be really hard for me to swallow if it was Riley saying it. Yeah. So, like, she's at the helm. Class is happening. She's trying to be happy, and, like, she's really girl-bossing it up, and I hate that kind of personality. Because it's these little felt puppet animations, <laughs> it's it's easier. For, like, it's that thing that we always talk about, like, the buffer. So, like, yeah. the cringe was one step removed, and Riley interprets it in a more socially acceptable way. Yeah, hmm. you kind of get the sense Great. that there's other departments at work, right? The emotions are are providing the motivation, but it's, other yeah, stuff's the, going on. That's the orders from on high. Mm-hmm. Like, it's it's up for the in, individual, like, you know, endocrine system department to, like, interpret the orders. But, like, okay, well, these are our priorities today, I guess. Yeah. Um, and, yeah, and, goddamn. 
and we see kind of the externalization of the whole like the memories need a bit of sadness and and she recognizes that where riley starts talking about minnesota and how great it was and now it's not oh no i've lost control of this because i didn't really have a backup for this can i um say one more thing before we get into that in gigantic cluster cuss of an ontological nightmare that is joy and sadness completely <laughs> getting from deported from head yeah we gotta <laughs> I, I have one more thing to say yeah um that the fact that joy is cringe and riley is socially acceptable i think is also really it, it's very palatable to me because it it reflects something that I think everyone kind of feels, which is that our thoughts are crazier than we actually purport ourselves yeah, to be yeah. out loud. Um, and I I just wanted to underline that because I think yeah, it's a I, really good touch. I really like that. Um, yeah, I like that interpretation of it. But yeah, um, sadness just kind of takes the reins and just like infects the whole fucking headquarters. She's strong. <laughs> she's <laughs> well, she's. She's going go Son Goku levels here. Well, it's it's what happens is that Riley breaks down in class, and this forms a new core memory, and it's a sad one. And Joy is like, "I need a mulligan. I'm throwing this out." And sadness is like, "That's my baby." Yeah, <laughs> it's pretty weird. My sadness child. Uh, the, the memories spill. The personality island shut down. Riley forgets who she is in the new context. She's left blank. And joy and sadness are sucked through the junk tubes with the core memories, and we begin the adventure. Okay, there's there's so much here, dude. Yeah, so first let's all, get into this ontology. <laughs> first of all, yeah. One thing to praise. Um this sad this sadness memory overwhelming her and knocking all of her other emotions offline. Yes. So good so yep. good <laughs> because we've all had this experience like we're trying not to think about a bad thing and then it becomes overwhelming and it doesn't matter where you are you feel it and you mm -hmm. express it and the brain and just does not have you don't have control over your, uh what you're doing anymore yeah and it's, it makes it's just very relatable and bringing back the psychology you perceive negative things as more negative than positive things are positive the mm -hmm. figure I usually see is like five to one. Yeah. Um, and that's like, that's huge. Right. Um, so I believe that one bad core memory can, or sad core memory can knock out the other ones. It, it's why, you know, you might find yourself, if you're feeling sad about something, you try and replace it with anger. Right. Cause that's, that's more palatable. That's a good point. And it also, um, it also makes sense is like we've seen so much of joy memories we haven't seen sadness before so like her brain doesn't really know what to do with it other than mm -hmm. to like over analyze yeah like all of her emotions are kind of like all watching it like oh no someone said the thing they shouldn't have said you know like this, <laughs> is, this is bad news and like the amount of ominous energy that this sadness orb has as it goes down the gumball track like no one's have no one's no one likes it and it's all internal right you look out at the classroom and like people are worried for her like yeah. nobody's making fun of her it's no, all no, internal no, no. but um yeah and and like props to the teacher for like knowing how to deal with that cuz i'm sure that's a thing that happens in classrooms of being mm -hmm. like hey i know how hard it is like trying to normalize and appreciate the sadness without letting it take over the lecture boy howdy teachers are a treasure um 
Okay, ontolo- ontology report. <laughs> Problem the first. Okay, core memories knocked out of alignment and sucked out of her head. What? Okay. All no, of the- surely somebody set up a backup. <laughs> There's got to be some like OSHA in here. Listen, I, <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll argue about the bureaucracy later because it's important, but. I'm more concerned about the core memories powering the personality <laughs> islands. And yeah, how that, they're that, all knocked that off doesn't line. quite work. Right, because <laughs> it's reinforced. This idea, it, this completely overlooks that the brain, number one, is decentralized way more than this. But number two, things, the, the, what we learn early on in neuro classes is that the neurons that fire together, wire together. You strengthen any thought process the more you do it. Yeah, neural um, pathways, yeah. And so the idea that, yes, something might incite, you know, this core memory, and then you can build your treehouse of personality on top of that, you can kick the ladder away and be fine. That's yeah, why they had to make the these core islands any- connected to headquarters by, like, the thinnest rail possible. It Like, it's a, it's a plot necessity mm-hmm. because they need to strand joy and sadness in the in the in the psycho planes for a while um it feels like they they boy it's weird it feels like they nailed so many parts of this and were so far into development that by the time somebody was like guys i don't know if the personality islands are really aligning with our knowledge of modern neuroscience and everybody else just going shut the fuck up nerd yeah they're like okay put it up on the list we get three you know (laughs) we we get three passes one of them is the personality islands all of bing bong counts as one (laughs) i can't the the other thing the more complex issue is that joy and sadness now cannot be expressed by a person (laughs) what guys have an understudy without you riley can't be happy that's a that's a line that sadness says yeah and i'm like uh, citation needed <laughs> yeah don't don't you guys have autopilot what's going on here we we, we see it's... the false starts later on when the b team right. is trying to pretend to be joy that's and it's real all, good it's all filtered through them right so like instead of uh uh joy disgust makes it sarcastic right or yeah that's real it, good you know wishy-washy i love how it articulates and it's like yeah a person who can't really be happy at this moment because there's too much difficulty is going to lash out it makes perfect sense i just i love how little interactions like that just completely break this visual metaphor and make it so unbelievable like i couldn't stop grinning when this happened <laughs> when, the, when the core memories and joy and sadness were expunged from headquarters mm-hmm. it just it it's so went into on into contrast with every rule that we painstakingly built up so far that I just cracked up. I couldn't stop <laughs> laughing at the personality <laughs> island shutting down. It's so funny to me. It's like okay, we we have to allow this for convenience. We'll be here all day. Uh, um, but yeah, joy and sadness go to long term memory storage. They get they get yeeted out of the mm-hmm. headquarters and they end up in long term memory. Yep. Which is a giant library. Yeah. Um, now, in the real world, we see the immediate effects of what happens when Joy isn't there. Um, in this uh, dinner scene, which is... I I think this was kind of a highlight. Like, this was in the trailers to kind of clearly explain 
what they're doing here. But it's also really neat to see this isn't a Bill Murray situation where he's the only conscious person in the world. It's uh, also not a Bill Murray situation where he's the most disgusting human on earth. <laughs> right. But everybody like everyone has is these a person. Constructs. Everyone has had an awkward dinner with their parents, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, it's, 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 it's very well, well, well observed. I, but I love the specific well-observed things of like family that just moved in. They're all distracted. They're all stressed out. Eating takeout. Eating takeout. And mom's like, how's your day? Yeah, you know, it's fine. Mom's trying to keep things moving. The dad is checked out. (laughs) When the mom like tries to get his attention and you see his brain guys watching the game. Yeah. And she's like, and they're like, what the hell? What, what does she want? Oh, no. And she like nods over to Riley, like, look, well, do something about this. And he's like, how was your day? <laughs> it's like, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, smack him on the forehead. This this scene is so damn, this scene is so damn good. And I'm so glad that they reprise the idea in the credits mm-hmm. where we're not just getting Riley's emotions in her headspace. We're also getting the moms and the dads. And I noticed the expanded console when we go to the mom's headspace, yeah. and they're all—it's not Joy running the show. They're working together as a team. They're—they're they're working as a team. They're doing it by committee. And you know, you don't in in the mom's head, sadness is her leader. You don't think of the mom as sad. You think of her as like concerned or worried. Yeah. So empathic. it's a much more—it's—it's it's, it's empathic. It's a nuanced emotional spectrum same with the dad you don't think of him as an angry guy but he's you know he's stressed he's frustrated he's got a a stressful job going on he's worried that he's not doing right by his kids and so when he goes to do something that to him is like terrifying like putting his foot down and sending her to bed without dinner you know clearly as a parent he's messed something up before and anger is being checked he's like okay fear disgust you guys, my left and right wing men, you have the keys to activate this like defense maneuver. God damn it, it's so fucking good. And it's it's surprisingly elegant. <laughs> it's very elegant. When when they did the freeze frame and they were about to go into the dad's head, I try I played a little game with myself where <laughs> I was like, okay, what is it gonna be? And I guessed like the moms, but less functional. And it's so much better than that. First, yep. he's emotionally vacant. Because he doesn't have, <laughs> he doesn't have the, the 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 emotional bandwidth to be there at that moment. So all of them watching the game, that's him emotionally checking out of dinner. Mm-hmm. Which, by the way, this is a very familiar story. It doesn't have to be this way. Parents can both be nurturing, but like the mom being the the present, emotionally available one, the caretaker, and the dad being the breadwinner. Like this is a very old story, and yeah. to have this new spin on it is is really i appreciated it a lot and then once they're not emotionally checked out them becoming a military installment like (laughs) this being a military installation and like i like what you said like anger is checked by these other emotions like okay is it time to go to defcon 2 yeah (laughs) and then we get the great joke that never goes old for me which is defcon 2 is telling her to go to her room (laughs) it's this (laughs) It's the sneeze thing again, but they have to insert the keys. <laughs> so good. Oh, yeah. And, and you know, the mom is like, oh, why did I marry him? Like, it's the classic sitcom marriage gag, but it's done a lot more artfully. And the fact that we can see inside their heads and like, we're feeling, we want these guys to all work out. Yeah, it turns what 
is well understood to be a hacky sitcom family joke into a masterpiece. Like this mm-hmm. is a masterpiece of a scene. Yeah. It's it's there's so it's, little you could do to make this scene better. I I te- I, te- I texted you last night and I said this movie <laughs> is genius. This was the scene that made me say this movie is genius. Oh yeah. <laughs> nice. I was wondering which one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> Uh, yeah, uh, so so that's that's kind of a prelude of what we can expect in the real world. Uh, we, we can we can go a little bit farther on mm-hmm. it before we get back to joy and sadness territory, which is uh, dad comes up, he knows they overreacted. Yeah, you probably you 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 don't see it, but you get the feeling like the mom kind of cussed him out. Yeah, <laughs> like go fix this. You fucked up. <laughs> And he's, so he's kind of got that sheepish kind of gait to him, like rubbing the back of his neck. He opens the door. He's like, hey. He doesn't do know how to just be sorry, so he has to kind of goof it up a little. Like, are you yeah. still my funny monkey? <laughs> yeah. Um, I get it. Big dad energy, this guy. <laughs> yeah, and not in a good way, but in a very relatable way. Yeah. Um, and the fact that he's trying to be... A goofball. He's trying to start up Goofball Island, but the core memory's not there, and so yeah, Goofball down Island for is maintenance. going to just be destroyed. <laughs> yeah. That. So okay. Zane, are we are we deliberating too much on this, or is this what no, we expected? This is what I'm here for. I wanted to spend a solid three hours dissecting every little nuance of why did they do it this way. <laughs> well, here's a little nuance. Riley thinks that she should be goofball because this is dad being goofball, and that's kind of their dynamic. Yeah. We saw it earlier with hockey scenes. This is a good relationship, yeah. generally. And she can't force her personality to do it. Yeah. So, like, the motions aren't taken care of, so the personality can't be expressed. Yes. The crumbling bit? <laughs> that's a little much but it's islands yeah. of personality so we give it a pass it, they, it gives them an action chase scene that's sh- short and functional like it doesn't belong here but it's it gives us yeah, a sense of stakes for getting back quickly let let me let me let me set the stage a little bit so we we look at joy and sadness in the in the in the psycho planes they're in the book stacks of long-term memory storage. Mm-hmm. And the quickest way back is to walk along the pathways from the islands of personality toward headquarters. Mm-hmm. And the one that they try to walk down is Goofball Island. And then it starts crumbling. This uh, gave me real Balto flashbacks. We're like, yeah. <laughs> need, need, a, need a chase scene. We need, need some <laughs> dramatic stakes. Oh, there's uh, five islands? Bet we're going to have five of these. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's real bad. I I wish that this hadn't happened, or that we just cut to joy and sadness starting to walk down it, or like being like, hey, we can walk down that way, and then it crumbling without yeah. them needing to do the you know Scooby Doo scramble away from a collapsing staircase yeah, at the yeah, exact yeah, yeah. rate that it is collapsing. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I, I hated that actually. And uh, they give us a sense of the stakes here because below the islands and these tiny thin rails connecting them to headquarters is the memory hole where things that are forgotten and obliviated. Yeah. This is, this is Hades death pit. This is, this is like when you're watching Yu-Gi-Oh and they're playing cards and then somebody mentions the shadow realm. Yeah. I'm sorry. I get, I get dissected in the shadow realm and my soul is sent to oblivion. 
do I Didn't, do I have I th- to? Can I opt out? <laughs> he just hit me with a clown card. <laughs> like, are you sure? Yeah, <laughs> just it's, summoned a burger. <laughs> we we need a we need a Mordor, right? The walk into. <laughs> but yeah, it's I like the the abstract notion of the memory pit. Uh, we're gonna get back toward it, but uh, I think that that is quote unquote. Nah, it's not even the villain. It's just a necessary part that um, that they need to overcome. Yeah. As they get back toward headquarters. I was so invested in headquarters and the dynamic of those five little nitwits interacting together <laughs> that my heart sank when I realized that the rest of the movie was going to be them getting back. Yeah. I really, yeah. I was really looking forward to more of... Shenanigans? Kind of just, just headquarters shenanigans. Yeah. yeah. Like just early like on them, when... them all working through it in a way that was internally consistent with the rules they expressed and not making new ones and burning the old ones behind them <laughs> we we didn't mention a great early scene where like riley's growing up and she's like forced to eat broccoli and disgusted like that's poison we're not doing that and then dad's <laughs> and like everyone's like everyone like shakes her hand like nice one you just saved us <laughs> and then uh good looking her, out her dad's like okay then no dessert and anger's like no dessert huh <laughs> and then he like the dad like moves the broccoli in like an airplane and he's like oh no guys it's an airplane everything's fine <laughs> like you wanted yeah just that <laughs> yeah that was really good um i did I he really... trick me into eating the broccoli or did i trick him into presenting it in a fun way <laughs> um i really appreciate the vocabulary that this movie provides it's like young children watching it in terms of explaining how they're feeling so like when they can't muster up the positivity that they want to have oh you know joy isn't in headquarters like they can verbiate that in a way that might be harder if they didn't see something like this that's really good and it helps them it helps them sink into that thought process of like oh well why isn't joy in the headquarters like what knocked it out of alignment that's actually like a very useful therapeutic technique for a young kid to be able to foster and like Mm -hmm. Just thinking about it now, I'm like, yeah, I should have watched this when I was really young. Well, Ben, it came out in 2015. Would it would have saved me a good couple of years there, (laughs) probably. (laughs) But yeah, and like the term core memory is still being used pretty heavily in the cultural lexicon. Like you can say that and it means something. I I think that people have have a, if if not a precise definition, at least like an abstract understanding that like, certain memories are more important than others that they like are kind of things that you turn back to when you're thinking real hard you you know like when you're throwing the mind back and being like well when's the last time i you know really enjoyed a meal you know that that kind of thing just like certain things spark up um i think that's that's something everyone can relate to for sure so um we're in the memory stacks Mm -hmm. first of all joy is tripping all over these core memories it's it's one of those show don't tell moments that i really enjoyed that they're brighter than all the memory stack of memories not expressed in any way verbally you just see it yeah like they're in a pile of memories and you can immediately pick out which ones are the core memories and she's like she can barely hold any of like hold all of them she yeah, because you can't sadness. trust sadness with them. Yeah, she can't drop any. Like these are you her can't babies. Allow, you can't allow sadness to corrupt these core memories. You can't allow 
and in, in a you know kind of meta way riley can't allow her um childhood memories to be interpreted in a way of sadness yeah like that's what sadness was trying to do back in aq before they got yeeted right uh so yeah, and and Joy uh, tells Sadness to like find their way out because she forced her to read the manuals of how the brain works, and so she should have a good map. Um, maybe yeah, I intentionally being I, like, okay, Sadness helps you be more analytical about your problems. I don't, I don't think so. I think that was mostly just narrative necessity. I, I didn't hate I it though. Like it was elegant enough. And they run into these jelly bean <laughs> memory workers. <laughs> you you want to touch these this? Guys. I love these guys. Yeah, this Paula um, Poundstone. Always love seeing um, her show up. <laughs> yeah, okay. So this is this is real good because we get some necessary lore. Like, memories fade when they become less relevant. Um, yep. Pruning and, is necessary for growth. And pruning is necessary for growth. Absolutely really true. Such good, well-observed little bits of like trivia that kids latch on to. Uh, piano recital. Uh, keep chopsticks and heart and soul... <laughs> toss the rest <laughs> yes. what about the presidents uh washington lincoln and then <laughs> the fat guy whatever. yeah, yeah it, it just and then, and then like, the gum memory it's like, oh my wait. god i so the triple dent gum joke deserves direct discussion <laughs> where where they're like yeah you know we toss memories but sometimes we just shove them back up to the brain space for them like this one. Oh, i love the gum memory send that up now triple dent gum Triple Dent Gum will make you smile. <laughs> and Sometimes they use it again and it again. we set up to HQ for gum for fun. Yeah, and it's, it's like such a well-observed... Sometimes your brain just remembers advertisements from 15 years <laughs> and ago. And we see Riley, like, like, humming along. <laughs> yeah, and we see anger being like, why is that there? And, like, that's how we react when, we're, when we can't get a dumb song out of our head. We're trying to think about other stuff, and the triple dead thing just comes back. <laughs> and it's so great because anger is there to just be annoyed. Um, <laughs> yep. In the, not, the, not in the movie itself, but in the official soundtrack, the last track has like has a few seconds of silence after it, followed by the Tripleton Gum theme. That's real good. Love it. Uh, so it's at it's at this point as we're walking through the stacks that that, that, we, that joy and sadness meet a memory thief. <laughs> uh, Bing Bong, the imaginary friend. Ben, did you? imagine when we were introduced to bing bong that he would stay longer than five minutes i really thought that he was kusula goopa goop from yeah. dexter's lab <laughs> he's got the same shape well, yeah and they they pointed out at some point it's like what what are you exactly i like somewhere between dolphin and dragon like i don't know <laughs> i'm made of cotton candy i don't know <laughs> it's a good question i'm not really sure uh, sadness is the one who asks it by the way so it might oh, yeah. be that analytical Empathy. thing again um this is voiced by richard kind who you know Again, a great performance here. <laughs> yeah, he's got that face that's like made for late era three PS3 games. <laughs> I know what you mean, and it's deeply rude. <laughs> it's, it's, it is rude. extremely hurtful to a person we don't know. No, I like Richard kind of. He just, he, he looks low fidelity, you know? <laughs> You're not really helping. The only thing I remember him from is he's that the hypochondriac. Yeah. He's the hypochondriac from Scrubs, yeah. <laughs> Me too. God, we but gotta yeah, get out more. 
he's an extremely good voice actor for this role of like past his prime comedian who used to command a lot of respect. Yeah, an off-brand Dangerfield. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Um, yeah, so this is an imaginary friend, and he wants to help them get back because they kind of make a deal like, wouldn't you love to play with Riley again? <laughs> He's like, oh boy, wouldn't I love that more than anything? <laughs> I'm more or less convinced that he was trying to kill them at the outset of this. Interesting. Because <laughs> I think that he has no small amount of antipathy toward joy for being the new source of joy in mm. riley's life or like the the sole re- remaining one like he got kicked to the memory fields back I, when she was four right i i think this movie does a pretty good job of externalizing menace like everyone in riley's brain is is on the same side <laughs> that is true i think that maybe it's just because i'm used to the disney method of villain is somewhere here i'm looking for the candy king where's the candy king hmm. um or, or not, yeah, it was the Candy King. What was TurboTastic? That's right. Uh, from oh, yeah, yeah. Wreck-It Ralph. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which, or, by uh, the way, lo- when, lots of when, love in Toy Story 3. W- by the way, when, um, when, when Riley goes to sleep, lots of Wreck-It Ralph, we're clocking out for the night kind of vibes. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, he is first encountered as a memory thief, and then he tries, he, if you interpret it the right way, he's trying to get them killed. So, like, they they eventually make their way into... They're trying to get to the train of thought, because train of thought always goes to the headquarters. Yeah. It's uh, hard to onto- catch. Ontology. Ben, how do you feel about train of thought? The ontology police puts this at a three out of five. Yeah. Obvious pun. We don't need further explanation. <laughs> we don't, but I do like that it, like, goes everywhere, and it's, like, close to abstract thought. It's yeah. very clearly a moment in the movie where, like, we got more puns. We have to walk through a f- bunch of adventure forests before we get back to where we need to be. Mm-hmm. This is one of them. Yep. I had less problems with the abstract thought plane and the train of thought. Imagination land, that, that was troubling. It was a little insistent upon itself. It was like, we yes. got some jokes to, to cram in here. We don't know yeah, where else to fit them. I also didn't really care for the abstract plane. It was like a good... What happens is they go Oh, through, I loved it. I like how it commands visually where they like um, they open this hatch with the word danger on it Um, and they go in and they start getting abstracted as they're trying to make their way through a shortcut to the train of thought. Yeah. I like that the abstract zone is near the train of thought. That that makes sense. Mm -hmm. They're both kind of flitting all over the place. The idea that you'd get from one to the other. Yeah. Not too bad. The fact that the abstract thought plane is an incinerator. (laughs) (laughs) Like, yeah, like a Balto version incinerator. Like, it's here to cause danger. (laughs) But but, uh, neurologically, what's going on here, Zane? Oh, abstraction? It it doesn't work like this. (laughs) Okay, so, like, nothing. Like, I'm not certain that I could describe how abstraction works appropriately yeah, enough but you you'd not be like put this. in theory you'd be put in theory to facts at that point so when when you're looking at a series of shapes that your brain eventually recognizes as an object you recognize your eyes note things like length distance like the the visual information is presented to the thalamus and it's like okay that's a straight line that's at an angle that's moving like this and it sends it back and forth 
between the thalamus and the eyes and it's like are we seeing this correctly is this connected to that <laughs> can you check my work kind of kind of it's like okay i saw the first parts of this parallel line i'm gonna guess that the rest of the lines are parallel too <laughs> nice and it's I like just that. it's right enough that we don't worry about it yeah it's it's just i don't have a problem with it being that, that there's like a place in the brain where things get abstractified or unabstractified yeah, or what but, have but, you but and that it's close to the go, train of thought by the time we're in the frontal cortex where presumably the entire movie takes place we're, we're not really dealing with abstract pieces unless we are deliberately like mentally abstractifying something like breaking something down into its component parts in which case it's like a mind's eye thing it, this just doesn't really belong anywhere i just like the visuals Okay, okay. I, I like most of it. The only part that I don't like is the baltoing of this scene. Well, but I, I like that it's have danger. I like that they gotta pad the movie. I like that it's close to the um the train of thought. That does read to me. Yeah. Because the train of thought goes everywhere and you never know when it's gonna stop and like maybe you're abstractifying stuff for no reason. Maybe. I, I like that when there are two dimensional sadness thinks if we fall down on our faces like big dumb sad idiots. <laughs> Then we'll be one-dimensional and we can fit through the door. <laughs> it's pretty good. I also like that Bing Bong recognizes what letters are, but he can't actually put them together to form a word because he's from a time when Riley could do that. Yep, that's real good. That is really strong. Um, Yeah, but unnecessary danger sequence aside, we're, I like we're, we're that. We're doing vignettes. We're doing vignettes. We get out of there. It's cute, but not that substantive, but... We're now in the we're, we're clearly in the place of the movie. So this is when I was like, oh, rest of the movie is getting back to HQ because yep. now we're in a mad imagination land. And it's just more of the same, dude. Oh, look, House of Cards. Look, it's a cloud town. Look, it's your imaginary boyfriend. Oh, the floor is lava. I would die for Riley. He's in Canada. Good stuff. <laughs> That's a good joke that they turn into a vital plot point. <laughs> That I, I didn't listen. Need. Listen, I have a lot of, I have a lot of issues there. So we'll wait on that one. The the, the problems but, with this movie are primarily, we were setting up something to pay off, and neither was necessary. Yeah, it's like one of those. You know how like those fireworks like start going in one direction, and then they lose too much fuel and start spinning out. <laughs> That's kind of a lot of this movie. Um. It's it's very strong overall. I gotta say, it it doesn't like communicate one single idea about thought all the way through because that would be a very boring movie. I I think what's happening is it's keeping us within the same like us interpreting the mindscape schema. Like it's not trying to add in a ton of new elements that are important. It's just letting us sit here so that one we really feel like they've been gone a long time. Yeah. And two, like, guys, we've fleshed out this world and it feels more lived in. Yeah, and it's like, it it does work if you let it. Like, okay, Joy and Sadness have been gone for a while. Um, maybe they'll be back by the time we wake up. Uh, they they feel an intense need to get back before morning because that's when Riley wakes up. We all ha kind of have the notion that things look better in the morning, and if they don't, then there's something wrong. Mm -hmm. Like there, there's a lot of things that map onto how we think about our own emotions really, really well. And then there's just some Pixar scenes that are Pixar <laughs> at us. 
<laughs> yep, yep. And they're pretty easy to spot for the keen-eyed <laughs> viewer in this. The one, one of, one the, of them's the, Animation Land. The scenes that make you laugh, it's good old-fashioned Pixar. The scenes that yep. make you think and cry, that's the the gooey core of the movie. That's where that's where Zane and I are at in our enjoyment. I understand that you have to have the Pixaring yeah. as well, but just recognize that when we're papering over some of that stuff, it's because you know you've seen you've seen Toy Story, man. You get it. Yeah, and there you there is some it. good Pixaring later, but first we have to have oh, sure. hockey tryouts. Yeah. So this saint of Riley's mom. <laughs> found ice hockey tryouts in san francisco within a day of getting there high priority before the moving van had showed up i like to think that her mom is so neurotic she actually looked up this ahead of time and wasn't expecting to put it into play just yet like yeah but she knew her daughter like this is the in case of emergency break glass i want a mindscape like riley's mom i want that committee i want that committee so bad zane zane at the end of this movie we should be like what's our committee like who has priority Mm, yeah i don't i don't oh boy (laughs) the introspection it's a thinker um so headquarters tries to use random memories in place of core ones to light up the hockey island. Yeah, that should work. <laughs> like Zane, you don't need to remember the first time you did a slap shot to remember the fifth. <laughs> <laughs> well, it sort of works. Also, it like muscle memory is a thing. Like I, 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 it's, no, I give it a pass. <laughs> you do give it a pass because again, personality island stuff. We give it a pass, but it does kind of work because it, they first kind of light up the island, but then riley's core processor like spits it out like yeah she can't think about the hockey things without also realizing that the core memory is tainted like she can't yeah. bring to mind all the hockey stuff with all being like and now i'll never be able to play hockey on the creek again because we're we moved like i i think that that actually kind of works yeah i'm not feeling myself today perfect i'm perfect. having an off day. like totally happens um, it is yeah, getting a little squirrely with the logic, but it works if you let it. And the you know the island crumbles because that's how we that's how we mark the passage of time in this movie. <laughs> the loss of innocence of in this the same dear, way sweet that they mark the passage of time in San Francisco by the earthquakes, um, <laughs> by the collapse of hockey. Uh, so Imagination Land is undergoing demolitions, and Bing Bong, his old magic rocket that went to the moon, Alice, uh, it ends up in the memory hole. Boy, boy, howdy. And this is where um, sadness kind of shows her worth because Joy tries to cheer Bing Bong up by remembering the good old times and it's no sell. He can't feel it. But then sadness comes by and just is sad with him. Just just listens. (laughs) Just listens. And commiserates. Commiserates. And they get past the hard stuff and Bing Bong pulls himself together to get on the train again. Like, he was capable of joy, but not till he processed the sadness. Yeah. Pay attention, kids. <laughs> right? Like, it really, really helps expand that vocabulary. It doesn't hurt that he cries candy. Like, that's funny to me. It, it helps. <laughs> Look, it helps. It's bittersweet. Sure. Like uh, saltwater taffy. Salt isn't oh. bitter. Uh, and crying releases cortisol, which is a, a stress hormone. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I if you've ever kind of like 
so the end of Luck of the Fryrish, where Fry puts the seven leaf clover back in the grave because he realized that his brother loved him and he tears up and you hear, Don't you forget about me. Yeah. That is the Cliff Notes version <laughs> of this movie. Now, the, it, the, the end message of the movie is that you got to be sad before you can be happy. Mm-hmm. That that is that is the level one read of it. The level two is that emotions are more complex than single things, and you can feel multiple things at once, and yada yada yada. But like, but anyone could take away. Even okay, a child it's okay watching to feel this, sad sometimes. A child watching this will be able to sit with Bing Bong and realize that Joy is not able to get a response out of him, but seeing sadness, and we want to root for sadness Yeah. by this point. Like, even yeah. a kid watching this would be like, why are you being so mean to her? Just let her just, just let her be part of the gang. Like, it's also in, it's also purposeful about how we're kind of vilifying Joy a little bit for being a pushy know-it-all yeah. to sadness. Yeah. So I think kids would be on sadness's side, so it would also be, like, a really good triumphant moment for her. There's, like, ways that this movie is crafted, specifically with the characters, that is trying to reach a kid who maybe has a harder time interpreting the concepts, but will absolutely be able to gauge the message through sadness being useful here. And it's also helpful to see a more abstract version of yourself from this situation like it's easier to see somebody else do this and recognize what the right thing to do is because how many times has like you're in a bad mood and someone tries to cheer you up <laughs> yeah no that anger takes the takes the bit at that point and this this just shows why hey be sad feel that and then then you can release it, it's the same thing with uh riley's dad trying to cheer her up earlier you know, like, nope, we're not here for that right now. And he says, I can see you want to be alone for a while, presumably to be sad. She's not at the, that level of emotional development yet where she realizes that she needs that and that it's okay to be that way. Yeah. And th this is the first real big moment of emotional catharsis in this movie. And there's two or three more, and they each just hit. <laughs> they, they're so strong. There's one later that I cried at. because yeah, it's same. Like, and that, that, it takes a bit for me to do that, guys. Yeah, I watched, so I watched this when it came out, and I watched it for the podcast the other night. I also watched it in a drive through back-to-back -back with Jurassic World. I disagree. <laughs> I don't think that this happened. It hit a little different. <laughs> I'm, I'm struggling with, my island of honesty is crumbling <laughs> based on your feedback here. I don't think this happened. No, it totally did. It's one of the two drive-thrus I've been to. The other one Damn. being Wally -E and The Mummy 3. Mine was Toy Story 3 and uh, the 2009 Star Trek. Hmm. The James... Something? J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. That's what I was thinking, yes. Yeah, they look alike. So, um, yeah, so Anger okay. has this idea. Yep. Hey, guys. All the core memories were from when we were in Minnesota. 
we got to go back to Minnesota. <laughs> like he's he's not used to being in charge. He's not used to having to think this. He's hard. gone mad with the power. <laughs> he really has. The power dynamic has shifted. She doesn't know how to be happy here. She can't be sad. So all that she's left with, the only verbs that she has are we could either be afraid, which is telling us not to do the thing, or we could be disgusted and angry. Mm-hmm. And they get they have equal voice. So anger has the ball and they hatch this plan riley decides to run away from home and it's such a big like oh man like i i've bought we just came off the emotional moment and now they're coming up with this escalation that we know is going to cause problems and then amazing comic cut into the tripleton gum curve commercial again (laughs) Uh, the the editing in this really sold a lot of the moments (laughs) Comedic punctuation is an art, not a science, and they are artists. Um, yeah, so Riley goes to sleep, and the train of thought stops. And so they're like, well, we got to get back. We got to wake her up. How do we do that? Well, we have to make up dreams. Uh, and so we go to the dream movie set. <laughs> okay, fine, guys. Do what amazing, you, you got to do. Amazing fake movie titles, like <laughs> I'm falling oh, yeah. off the edge of a cliff and also I'm not wearing any pants. Or yeah, like, bottomless pit. Yeah. Where are my teeth? <laughs> where are my teeth? Yeah, it's um, it's very reminiscent of the Osmosis Jones. Um, they, they did this exact joke in there where like the trailers were that girl at the bus stop. <laughs> yeah. And I love, once again, we're, we just saw Sadness being super useful. Maybe Joy should listen to her. No, mm-hmm. she's going to steamroll. Joy's sadness is like, what if we make really upsetting and, and scary films so that she wakes up? And Joy's like, no, we're going to make super happy ones. And that's going to work. So so that she'll be so happy that she'll wake up. And sadness is getting a little <laughs> more confident. She's like, that has never happened. <laughs> that is not a thing that exists. And fear is on uh, night duty, which is a great way to like gauge if this is yeah, working. Yep. Yeah. But he's sleepy, so like all of his reactions are kind of like muted until something is like, oh boy. I love the idea of like the one brain cell in my head that's responsible for keeping me from danger needing a yeah. cup of coffee. That it, I, it's, I think it's tea actually. Mm. But um, yeah, he and he's he doesn't get a lot of moments where he's not just like neurotic in the early moments. So like him being by himself really lets really lets the the voice actor shine. Who was it again? That's uh, Bill Hader. Bill Hader. It really lets him, like, shine because, like, a little bit of his personality is coming through when, mm-hmm. when he's watching the dream and he's, like, razzing it. Like, Boo! <laughs> Pick a plot line. Oh, I'm at, I'm at school, huh? Bet I'm not wearing any pants. Yeah, all right. Yep, there it is. Yeah, <laughs> called the, it. We see the set and there's the, there's the brain jelly beans and they have yeah. a reality filter. <laughs> They're, they're minions with, with outfits. Yeah. And the, the, God, the reality filter thing is so so damn good. Like, the idea that it, they're acting in the way that they're trying to communicate to the dream. And, and it that explains it why your dreams are real... so low fidelity. And it also explains why your dreams are kind of nonsense. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, okay, this is working out okay. They, they have um, joy and sadness in, like, a dog costume to, like, excite her and make her happy. But the costume gets separated, and so... Through the reality filter, it looks like a dog's been cut in half and is chasing its own butt. It's real good. <laughs> and Fear's just like, what the hell's going on here? Um, it's yeah, really and, good. It's a, re- and, it's, it's a great scene. 
that doesn't overstay its welcome. Yeah, which is good because it goes nowhere. Like reality. Yeah, this, filter, this is just candy. Dream Dream Theater. Like we don't need to carry any of this for the rest of the movie. It is more. This is one of those moments that's like, hey, here's some more Pixar. Mm-hmm. But it's really well done. I, I like, also love when Bing Bong's like, "Hey, Riley, it's me," and Fear's like, "Bing Bong." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, really good. But yeah. Bing Bong gets put into fear prison. He gets evicted down into the memory hole because he's a vagrant. <laughs> no, he's not in the memory hole yet, Zane. That's later. He's in the fear prison right now. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I forget about all these, like, darkness coves these, of the brain. <laughs> yeah, these weird tributary, these these weird reticula. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, so they have to walk but, down the subconscious to, to break him out, and we get this, uh, these guys, these guards talking about their hats. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know what to make of this. Like it it has such strong me- energy of like we had we had some more like jokes that those two guys could have. But we don't have any two guys in this movie, so where there wasn't anywhere to put it. Let, so let we me, made let two me, guys and had them do the jokes. Let me set this up because in in a in a. Movie that's so intentional. This is the the weirdest, dumbest, like built for the Adult Swim audience joke. Where it is a completely orphaned island of personality to the joke sphere that is this movie. Mm-hmm. They they walk down this like dark, scary corridor of the subconscious. There's the gates that leads into the fear prison, and these guard jelly beans on duty. And one is like, "Is that my hat? No, this is my hat. Well, how do you know?" And he looks and he's like, well, right here inside my hat, it says my hat. And he's like, that's what's written in my hat. That's my hat. <laughs> like, what? It, what? What is it? This can't possibly be in this movie. It It, it is. <laughs> yeah, it's. It is for no purpose and to no end. And it's very because str- like theater dream. The purpose is we need some Pixar. The purpose of all the sadness, joy, bing bong kind of catharsis moments is the theming of the movie and delivering the message we need. This does neither. I think you're like, right it's, in it's that these are minions and they're doing a minions thing. That is how it feels, yes. I also got a very strong um, Futurama memory watching them, though. Oh, yeah. With uh, Bender trying to sneak past the two Amazonian guards and them, like, talking to each other, being like... Me, you look good. Me fat. No. No, Tonk look good. Me fat. And Bender just being like, ah, God, already. With all the Can't talking. This. Um, yeah. So they, 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 they break they into break fear in. prison. And they follow the candy wrappers that he's cried out. That's a joke they do twice. And I don't like that it's done twice. Because they what do the it with time? the candy wrappers. And they also do it with the fear sadness globes. Or the, the the sadness memories because oh, she yeah, yeah, touches yeah. all of them while she's walking through the things. It's how Joy finds her later. Yeah. So I don't I guess, love that. I it's guess they didn't repeated. need to be hard to find him in the fear prison. He's yeah. <laughs> I mean, he's sort of loud because he's perched on top of this giant evil clown, and they can't have more than one of those running around, right? I also like that they are looking at others fears like spiders and the stairs to the basement which are just like comically aggrandized stairs to nowhere yeah that's pretty fun yeah it just this this whole fear prison sequence feels like we've gotten away from the emotional core of the movie 
we've we've had a like, pretty I get good pacing. Here. We've had a pretty good pacing of serious Pixar, serious Pixar for a <laughs> while now, and this is the Pixar of the Dream Theater right into the Pixar of the fe- of the Fear Prison, and there isn't really a lot of a lot beyond that at the moment. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because we're um, still just trying to wake up Riley, a problem that will resolve itself. Yeah, and it just there's a lot there's a little too much time uh, in this, and I I I don't agree that or I agree that the two sequences Dream Theater Fear Prison overstays its welcome. As in, like you were saying, the Dream Theater didn't overstay its welcome. That's true in isolation. As the one-two punch with with the Fear Prison, I think that this is a little long winded. Mm-hmm. Um, but they get Bing Bong out of prison and wake up the clown, and the clown rampages back toward the Dream Theater, and now we got a rampaging clown from her nightmares, and she wakes up, and they jump back on the train of thought. Okay, plot resolved, right? We yep. we we got through the, the bits that were dragging. But we didn't actually gain any time over just letting her wake up naturally, because now Anger has woken up, and he's like, that's it, we're going to Minnesota. <laughs> Yeah, presumably in the morning it would have been a harder thing to thread. But it would have been harder to know. steal her mom's credit card. Uh oh, Honesty Island is is gonna tank it. Yep, yep, yep. She, yep. She's that getting one further felt... away from herself, right? Like overall, she's doing things I, out of character. Overall, I agree. the The ways in which plot necessity reared its ugly head. Like every time I noticed they're doing that to make the plot happen. Honesty Island, the credit card thing. Yeah. Every time they do that, it it breaks my immersion a little bit. I didn't love it. I I see that it's part of a consistent theme toward the finish. I I think they front loaded the like clever world building and the um like uh uh concise uh plotting and pacing mm. so that in the back half they could really focus on those emotional punches. Um which require me, a little bit of space between them. Let me let me field you this idea, Zay. Maybe you can sure. help me out with this. The islands of personality being very thinly connected to headquarters, let's posit that it is intentional because as children, our sense of self is very fragile when challenged yeah. and needs to be, you know, yeah. strengthened. Like, the mom's island of personality would not be a thin strip because she's you know in the same way that they get a bigger console where everyone can kind Mm -hmm. of man the dials yeah infrastructural upgrades exactly yes this is and i'm I'm picturing now the game theory or film theory episode where matt pat looks at the screen and gauges the width of the of the girders connecting the islands from these to the ones at the end as a function of age yeah as a function of age and plots it along yeah and puberty is just like this huge wetworks upgrade. Well, I would I consider puberty a wetworks upgrade. <laughs> yeah. Oh, Zane, thank you. Get those, get those turgid beams to connect my islands. That one got a little strange. <laughs> puberty was a weird time. <laughs> Let's keep it in the movie. Um, yeah. So that'll be a Pixar segment. Joy and sadness—they're like starting to mix a bit. Like she compliments sadness. They they think back on the same memory in different ways like yeah she's surprised that that sadness liked that one too because she didn't remember it as being sad and it's because joy wouldn't let riley think of it as sad yeah so joy didn't think of it as like it it's very consistent with 
with jo- with um Riley's personality is that she didn't focus on the bad of this mem of the sad of this memory. She focused on the happiness of it. And we see later that those two memories are connected and the happy memory was only possible because she allowed she was allowed to be sad. Yeah. Yeah. The the sadness is the canary in the coal mine that tells you something's wrong. Yeah. Yeah. Um yeah, so Honesty Island, uh, because of the credit card, tumbles into the memory hole uh, along with the gang. And so they're stranded. Yeah, and Joy tries to fast-track it by jumping into this tube that will um, shoot her back into... Like, the long-term memory, basically the reverse of the pipe that shot her out. Yeah, yeah, the the, the tubes at the bank. Yeah, exactly. Did they just get rid of all of those when they switched to credit cards? Or so remember the episode of Futurama where we were in, <laughs> where where we where it was life's hard for a bureaucrat. They went to the the central processing unit and there were all those tubes. That's what we're talking about here. Did they do a brain inception dreaming thing in Futurama? So remember the episode of Futurama where because <laughs> if they have, it, Fry, it's got to be in the next season, right? Fry goes into his own body. <laughs> the worms. <laughs> that's what you'd think but they don't actually do brain stuff in there <laughs> or, well, they or have dream characters stuff. that are brains that's uh, kind of close i'll allow it <laughs> <laughs> it's not recursive it. enough <laughs> um yeah but uh, anyway yeah so she so joy basically says we all know i'm important we all know the core memories are important you can't come in this tube with me because you'll corrupt the core memories i'm going alone and then yep. it breaks, and then they fall into the hole. Correct. We're now uh, Joy in... and Bing Bong do. Sadness gets lost. Yeah. She she probably just falls down and is sad. Um, so is everybody clear on the imagery of our hero falling into a big hole at this stage of the hero's journey? Big, big hole is underselling it. This is the elephant graveyard from Lion King. Mm-hmm. This is a desolate crypt from which no light can escape. It is the abyss from the game Hollow Knight. Yeah. This is Tartarus. <laughs> this does not feel at all like the rest of the movie. <laughs> this is so desolate. And it's, you know... By I design. Think it, it, it's it's done this way to establish the emotional core, uh, you know, to, to, to reinforce that. It is important to recognize that, like, your brain would not work if you remembered everything. <laughs> right. No, no, no. And it's... I... I yeah, um, it, oh, no, no. That's not important. No, no. Go ahead. Uh, I remember being at, like, a meeting when I was an RA, and somebody was, like, talking about, yeah, like, every memory you've ever had is still somewhere in your brain. And I'm like, I got to tell you, buddy, that's not true. <laughs> Vito. <laughs> Sorry. I know you were building toward, like, a motivating point, but, like, I got to undercut it real quick. Yeah, I'm gonna gonna push up my glasses and reply tweet. Actually, <laughs> uh, we didn't have reply tweets in those days. Ah, you just had to use violence. Well, um, so we're in the memory hole, which is by design the scariest place in the world. Like this is this is a bottomless hole. Like this mm-hmm. is a this is a pit of tar- like I do think that it feels like Tartarus. Honestly, yeah, it's it's headquarters to to an emotion to an embodiment of emotion headquarters is heaven where you have direct access to god that is riley and 
the per the the personality islands uh this is the old-fashioned hell where it's just i'm absent god and this yeah. is actual hell where yes <laughs> this is torture for me forever well it is for joy because joy gets all mm -hmm. all the times we see joy happy is when we're seeing her observing the memories that riley makes right mm -hmm. and this is where memories go to be forgotten and most of them have there, been positive most of them are entirely like almost entirely devoid of light there are a, like a few that are very dim yeah that's real real good like where you're trying really hard to remember something specific yeah like send and, in the send in the uh, rescue team mm -hmm. oh man i i kind of hope they touch up on that in uh in 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 the in the sequel mm. but joy kind of crumbles she she realizes she can't get out of it and she picks up the sadness memory yeah the core the one of her crying the, in class the sadness core memory yeah or was it the crying yeah. in class one yeah yeah or was it the other one yeah it's it's, it's the only sadness core memory why did she even remember this one? I'm getting my wires crossed. I thought it, it was like the, the one you're thinking of happens in a little bit, but basically oh, this okay. is Joy acknowledging that sadness is important by taking this core memory along with her to try and get back. Yeah, and she starts crying. Joy, our externalized feeling of happiness that is piloting being yeah. able to make Riley happy is crying. And it looks, it's its so raw. It's, it, yeah, tears of joy. Yeah, they linger here. They, they spend do. a good long while of just watching her process the uncomfortable truths that she was only able to ignore until she hit rock bottom. My therapist, uh, not my current one, my last one, used to tell me that even if I didn't feel like I was accomplishing anything because of sadness, I was at least building up discontent. <laughs> and that's kind of that that's kind of i think what joy is coming to realize is like these are the important things we we kind of have to do this so that we can then make ourselves happy again yeah we, we have to get through this stuff um and then she then she looks to the other memory right the, yeah um, this is the the combo where sadness begat joy yeah yeah she she looks at the happy memory of um her parents she, she like lost she lost the hockey game right but then her team went to go and cheer her up yeah or or, or the not, not not the team but the um the parents, parents right well they her commiserated parents. with her oh right 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 so and joy is able to see oh that happy memory i had it started as sadness and it yeah. was because that sadness was externalized that the parents realized hey something's wrong and we're able to help get her out of it yeah she saw that sadness was able to trigger empathy in others yes she saw that it, well put it, it it's really showing how the emotional complexity and like nuance of the adult's emotions where that comes from yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, like it's so powerful seeing an externalized idea of the happiness we feel as a kid kind of being rocked to its core and forced to recontextualize all our memories. Yeah. And it, it's it's weird that this core part of Riley's uh, psyche is coming to terms with, like, joy being sad. But she's actually coming to it later than all the other emotions did, right? Like, all of the other ones, 
try to be happy sometimes. Yeah, it's true. Um, you know, anger, well, can't argue with mom. Yeah. You know, like, <laughs> I'm up. I think he even says, I'm on team happy. Like, they, yeah. they, they kind of went for it. Even sadness has shown a smile every now and again when she thinks that she's being appreciated. Yeah. So this very raw, expend, extended, uh, cathartic sequence is followed up immediately by another gut punch. <laughs> but this um, one's a little weirder. <laughs> yeah, go for it. All right, so they find uh, Bing Bong's rocket, the one that would take them to the moon. It, it you said gut punch. Earlier. I remember the the you the thought this was sequence being immediately followed by them f- singing the Bing Bong theme song yeah. really loud over <laughs> and over. Um, yeah. So you 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 do have to buy into this scene if you want it to hit the way it's intended. <laughs> but basically, what's happening? I is... was so happy to say goodbye to Bing Bong forever. <laughs> Bing Bong. I was uh, so happy for him to get memory hold. So basically they remember, oh, my wagon that when I, when we sing, it uh, it can fly. And so they just sing, they sing the bing bong theme song, he's your friend who likes to play. And they, they come just short, and then they try it again and they come short again. And then bing bong's like, let's, let's give it one more. T-. Like he knows he can't be remembered anymore. Like it's too late for him, but joy and the core memories are important. So he says, let's try it one more time. I got a good he, feeling about this one. And he's like singing even louder, like so that she doesn't hear me jumping off the back and sacrificing yeah. myself so she can. And because fight. she needs she needs joy to like give it the final push. Uh it's silly and sad. Like this this sil- got silly me. and sad, bittersweet. It did not get me. I was ready to say goodbye to Bing Pong. I do like this scene. there's a couple of moments that I gotta put in it before you tell me why it was sad. Um <laughs> first of all, conservation of momentum it's apparently just that's in the psycho planes too it's <laughs> yes it's powered by song but we gotta reduce our our load weight here <laughs> they did the work to build in the first half now it is time for things to be emotionally true <laughs> um secondly i really like the notion that even if bing bong is forgotten by riley her emotions don't forget bing bong yeah like she remembers parts of it she can't really place bing bong anymore but like the ways that she reacts are in she's her behavior is still going to be informed by bing bong in some way is a really nice is a really touching gesture she's still the same person who had an imaginary friend named bing bong and enjoyed that bing bong is never mentioned by anyone again in the movie no because he's because his because his memory's gone um, no, but 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 Joy remembers him, and I think that's that's that makes it fairly bittersweet. I, I do like the moment where he says, "You know, go go save Riley, take her to the moon for me." I thought that oh, was oh, that's sweet. so cute. Yeah, that's real good. Apparently, the original version of this scene was like forty five seconds longer, and it was cut because it was too emotionally devastating, even for Pixar. <laughs> yeah, I I kind of agree with that. Like, I don't think I we were already. We already, okay, so in the big thesis of the movie, you got to be sad before you be happy. We were just at the emotional pit, the, the mm-hmm. emotional minimum of the movie. We are as low as we can get. We have joy itself crying. I was kind of ready to 
pick myself up and go to the finale. Like, I don't think I wanted mm. to get back up a little bit and then go back into another emotional pit. Like, I was good, <laughs> you know? Yeah, um, I don't know. Um, I think they're close enough that I kind of associate these together in my mind, and both mm. of them hit me Zane, there's, in their there's own ways. Them, it's them singing the Bing Bong theme in between those two, though. Oh, he's your friend who likes to play. Bing I bong, know bing he bong. likes to play. Okay, I get it. But in that meme of Trump saying Bing Bong. <laughs> bing Bong. All right, so we're going to jump back to the real world. Uh, every parent's worst fear. Yeah. She ran away, and she seems to be doing it pretty well. <laughs> Yeah, she planned it out. Like, fear kind of... They, they kind of problem-solved their way through this pretty well. Like, fear and anger and disgust are like, ah, we're going to need some money. We can take a credit card. Like, yeah. you know, all the problem-solvers are here. <laughs> <laughs> the short-term problem-solvers. Well, the, the joy and sadness are kind of like the big idea executives. Yeah. <laughs> these guys are kind of working on the ground they're, they're are, like yeah, the, these the engineers yeah um, um but so joy is trying to find sadness now because because sadness kind of got lost uh she's depressed she's upset and joy's like okay how do i find her we're gonna use the fact that she turns things blue and she would have touched them oh she does more than that she empathizes with sadness because mm. sadness causes oh, yeah, that's really others good. to empathize with you <laughs> and she's like okay how can i find sadness oh i'm so sad and amy poehler's such a good voice for this <laughs> yeah. i'm i'm happy but i'm pretending to be sad for the sake of others kind of yep. kind of voice <laughs> and she slouches and like i probably want to just be dragged along the ground touching all the globes because that's what she was doing earlier and that lets her find sadness yeah it's really good um yeah, and as the um, in in the real, we jump back and forth between the scenes. Yeah, as Riley, you know, makes it to the bus stop, and she's about to, you know, she hasn't been home all day. The B team is starting to get worried. Like we want to back out, and they can't. And the console yeah. starts to go dark. Yeah, the idea that they stuck into it. She's not sad. She's numb. Yep, depression versus sadness. Yeah. I, very, I thought that was good. really good. Um, and the fact that, as we'll see later, sadness can actually interface with this depression, like being able to feel the negative so that you can get back to your headspace, like that's the core. Yeah. Yeah, that's something that none of the others could do. And they show um, it a bunch of ways. And they make this hit, too. Like, they're all <laughs> like, what have we done? She can't feel anything. <laughs> right. Um, yeah. And Joy, she's having so many emotions, she doesn't know how to feel, so she shuts down. It's it's all really... Uh, it feels it's good again, guys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, not immediately, because Joy goes... Uh, she enlists the imaginary boyfriend generator in a way that is funny enough to get us to the resolution, but doesn't really have a lot going for it. Otherwise. Like, it's, it's flimsy after everything we just went through, right? This was the same thing as Joy and Sadness and the core memories being sucked out of the console <laughs> and all the islands going offline, where it's just like, you just built up a lot of concepts, and now you're just like, eh, close enough. <laughs> yeah, we, oh, we have to get her back to headquarters. We have spent half the movie explaining why it's, why she can't do Not it. Not easy, yeah. We, we, we kind of wrote ourselves into a corner here. <laughs> That's exactly what it feels like. Here, um, here's a here's a fun joke that will solve this problem. That's and you know what? I'll give them that. Like it's 
it's bad, but it works. Uh, yeah, they, but it's funny. They build they build an entire boyfriend tower, uh, or rather, Joy does. Sadness is running away and then flying away. I don't remember how it happens. I don't care. The mechanics how it happens. are not important. They're getting back into headquarters. Yes, they slam against the window, George Jetson style, and the the three emotions that are are trying to play Joy duty um, let them in, and yeah. And and Joy the, the, the Stackham scene is just fully off the rails. <laughs> but Joy recognizes that that sadness is the only one who can get Riley to feel again, right? Like she needs to feel sad so that she can fix what's broken. I thought that, like, so so what sadness does is she yanks out the idea that had been put in by anger earlier, um, and then infects the console with her sadness. I don't know that she needed to pull it out. I feel like she should have just infected it, and then it would like get spat out, something like that. But but you know that's nitpicking. I I think that, it's a minor point of articulation. It's. It's also really well, like, it's a good, it's like another moment of we empathize with sadness being talked down to by Joy the whole movie, and we want that victorious rejoinder at the end. We're like, not only is Joy saying, hey, sadness, you're the only one who can help here, because she now understands that when we've kind of given up the only way we can get going again is to be sad Mm -hmm. she just went through that in the pit all of the other tertiary like the the anger disgust and fear they're all like what like this is like a huge climate shift in in office politics yeah handing over the reins to the city and sadness kind of doesn't believe it like really (laughs) she like she get finally gets to drive so it's you know, the Stackham scene is is so damn stupid, but it's immediately <laughs> followed up by this very touching moment that puts everything right. So, yeah, it's it's I legitimately. And and what happens in the real world is that Riley comes home and the parents were worried about her calling the police, calling the, the school, calling anyone. Yeah, she's not picking up her phone. And she comes in and surprisingly erudite 11 year old talking about all all of her feelings feelings that that she's allowed to have again i don't buy that she would do so this capably also picking nits over i mean that had to been a a few blocks walk home right like she would have time to at least think through it right i have to imagine that this particular section went through a lot of rewrites to get it just right to be like an 11 year old could conceivably verbalize the way they're feeling in this way it's not it's not too much emotionally true that's (laughs) yeah everything else gets shunted to the side for that (laughs) and the parents come and hug her and as she's crying and you know she just says i can't really be happy right now and they say yeah we we miss minnesota too um and they all have a, a hug and this core memory dude oh yeah the my fact God. that that riley is like she does chills are going up my spine right now dude. she she does what we've all done right where we just we've had it up to here we let it out we cry it out and then we just do that huge sigh of like okay it's out now i can feel things again yeah and because her parents are holding her and commiserating with her listening yep wink 
um, we see her smile again for the first time in most of the movie. Yeah. And because we've been through Joy's perspective, we, we're so proud of her. Yeah. And, and the and core this, memory comes in. This trick the movie played on us that orbs only I come in one color. I didn't realize that. Yeah. <laughs> like, I, it blew like we my thought, mind. even up to this point, like, oh, wow. Yeah, they've, they've expanded my... They set up the rules so well, and then, yeah. like, shattered my expectations so well. Surely there can't be more. And this beautiful little yellow and blue orb of a cathartic memory. This little cat's eye marble, yeah. It's, mm, I, lo I love it just thinking about it. It, and you're so right. Like, the movie set up so many rules and already kind of subverted them. Like, obviously we want her to be happy. Oh, wait, she's got to be sad sometimes. That's level one. We already mm -hmm. know that it was well told. Bravo. And then, you know, we see the mom's uh, psyche. Oh, she's got an expanded console. Oh, it's not a single emotion governing at any time. It's all of them working collaboratively. Yeah. That's level two. <laughs> Boom. Memories that are combinations of emotions. Now we have a whole language to express all the adult <laughs> things. Holy shit. It's, it's so good. It, it was mind-blowing to me. Right? I can't believe I didn't see it coming. It's, it's... so obvious in retrospect. <laughs> I'm an idiot for not... And that's exactly what Sadness was trying to do earlier on. Mm -hmm. She wasn't infecting the core memories. She was adding texture to them. Yes, they were calling out to her. But they... Riley didn't want to think about the sadness that was part of these core memories, so she didn't think about the core memories at all. It's... it's ah, fits well <laughs> together. The puzzle pieces. Tastes good in my brain. It does. And then, and then that orb uh, restores Family Island, right? Like... Yeah. You don't have to have only positive memories of your family yeah. to, ha to love it, to love them and have yeah. that be part of your life. Yeah, 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 yeah. And then, man, I legitimately broke down sobbing there. It was beautiful. Uh, like, so in good. the theater, everyone was losing it. Yeah, like, like a fucking Captain America picking up Thor's hammer kind of moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, and and so, you know, you, you don't need a, a debrief after that. We can just fast forward to, like, most of a year later. Yeah, where, and we get an epilogue. Yeah, and we see a lot more multicolor core memories. And, like, man, do I ever want to see what, like, anger disgust was. <laughs> I was thinking the same thing. Like, okay, I kind of get joy sadness. How about f fear sadness or fear <laughs> anger or fear disgust? Like, I want I want all of these. I want to know what Fear happy joy? disgust was. Is that like when somebody's like, "Oh, dude, come smell this"? Fear joy is like a, um, is like well that that would be a three parter with a joy because yeah. you kind of want to smell it. <laughs> Fear joy like a good horror movie. I don't know. Oh yeah, or a, a roller, roller coaster? coaster. There's there's no limit to it. What like, do you start I was combining? Just, <laughs> I just started watching uh, the Owl House again, which is excellent. Oh, I have to watch that. Yeah. I heartily recommend it. I think you will love it. Um, but, oh, I guess I don't want to spoil anything for you then. Just Shh, just don't use any secrets. real nouns. Um, no, it's impossible to do so without spoiling it. So I'll just say you will feel this feeling again, and it's cool. <laughs> um, yeah, and uh, the feelings get a new console, new upgraded hardware. I love that. I love, because... 
we saw the we saw it getting put in place earlier mm-hmm. like we saw that both the mom and dad had different versions of it but like the fact that this was a oh we knew this was going to be necessary yeah the 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 way that i mean we do see riley like at earlier points in her childhood but it's just like when you're a kid right like you're the right age older people have always been older than you and it's not until you start being old enough that there's like younger people who are fully people in your eyes where you start to be like wait growth has been happening where was i for it yeah (laughs) like like the rules can change and you don't recognize it until it's happened it's so good uh and you know we we check back in on our parents memories they're they're doing good too like they're they're supporting her at the hockey game they're Mm -hmm. deeply embarrassing people (laughs) yeah they're deeply embarrassing people which i want to see what color that memory is like like disgust at self plus joy at grossing out child like there's there's some complex marmalade going on oh yeah actually i I do want to say like with the complex emotions like um if you if you go and like look into the list of emotions and the theory of emotions and how they're built it's it's like um it's it's just really fun to combine them and try and put into words what that feeling means yeah um it's 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 a it's like that old alchemy game on the iPhone. That's exactly what I was thinking. Where you're combining elements and you're like, yeah, I guess mud is kind of earth and water. Well, let's let's go from there. I mean, um, e- even even more primal than that, like finger painting as a kid. You yeah. know, you're fucking around with the color spectrum. Like, it's oh great. shit, yellow and blue makes green? Or blello or whatever? <laughs> blello. <laughs> what is that, Malcolm in the Middle? Maybe. <laughs> That's a core memory for me. <laughs> Yeah, me too. It's the it's a fucking gum commercial again. By the way, gum commercial keeps coming back like eight <laughs> different times. It's so funny. <laughs> it's so it's such a good little bit. Uh we we also encounter uh Riley like bumps into this dumb shit boy. <laughs> yeah, this and we this see little his... um this Davy from early childhood memory, uh Adam Sandler. <laughs> yeah, and we see his brain nerds panic cuz like, oh shit, there's a girl. <laughs> it it I love every time they pan to like a different brain space and it's like, it's a different, they're just all different kinds of bureaucracies. Yeah. <laughs> um, like uh, this is a factory melting down. Yeah. <laughs> like, this and, is... and we, we can definitely touch on the ones that we see in the end credits. Cause those are, oh, are yeah. very funny. Um, I do, you know, the fact that we see this young boy's mind space, I'm kind of torn on the fact that the, like we don't, we, we see this from a girl's perspective. Yeah. I think it's certainly the right choice. Um, and I think it made sense with the director and his personal experience with his daughter. I think it makes sense in terms of like the sort of sturm and drong that young boys experience in this age uh, in our culture. Uh, yeah. And the whole like s- sexual hyperdrive that is, if not always literally true, certainly focused on in culture. I think it's there would have been, been too many compl- complicating factors, but I also girls girls are seen as more innocent, but at the same time they also mature faster, and maybe they wanted to have an eleven year old for this story. Yeah, I I, but I think at the same time, like it would have been good to see a boy honestly dealing with his emotions, right? Like, 
That's true. Good point. It, it, yeah, because something... that is the taboo bit that the Pixar wants to break down, probably. Because this movie does so much about enabling children to talk about their emotions. The f- the That one hurdle of yeah. like boys just kind of aren't allowed to is the 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 fact that then the sole depictions of boys working through emotions are military installation or panic yeah is, play- <laughs> uh, it's very dismissive only, only when you're in danger um it's it's something that i hope they do touch on at least a little in the sequel i i hadn't thought of that and it's a very valid point um it is a shame that we only kind of get the 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 chief perspectives whom are treated respectfully yeah. i guess are riley and the mom i i, I think um, it's i still think it's the right choice i think the a girl's experience is going to be a bit more universal in terms of emotional development benchmarks it's just going to be a lot easier to like communicate i don't know if that's necessarily true i i think that it was more about i think that maybe it's Hmm. It's hard to say. I, I yeah, I, I genuinely do not know. Yeah. I do I do agree though. It is kind of a missed opportunity because if we're trying to tear down some barriers between people talking about their feelings, the biggest barriers are between men talking about their feelings, <laughs> culturally speaking. Um yeah, I hope it gets touched on in the in the sequel because yeah. that would be real real solid. Uh it is a secondary concern though. Yeah. <clears throat> And we do uh, have the end credits where we see everybody's we, headquarters. We get the, we get the puberty gag where oh, like, yeah, the new yeah. console has the puberty button. It's like, what's puberty? Probably nothing. <laughs> it's probably fine. Well, she's 12 now. What's the worst that could happen? It was at that point that I'm like, God, I want a sequel for this. <laughs> I want to see more of this. I want it, I want it with Riley because I've already built up that. Um, yes. That, um, dude, when that marble comes in, when we see that shot of her crying with the parents. And that beautiful blello marble. They, they they just they did it. They did the work to get me care about this 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 Pixar child. You know, this <laughs> this this amalgamation of shapes and lumps that came that, out of the abstract plane. That's kind of why after seeing this I didn't need any more Pixar like I don't think I've seen any more since this came out. Yeah, I think that I just had that feeling unfortunately too early because this mm. would have knocked my socks off in a very useful way for my own neurological development yeah uh yeah wanted to go through the outro credits for, uh, for we highlights have, we so we start with the the teacher who's like god damn it these kids when do we win summer vacation uh which is very true they're always thinking that and she's uh, outwardly happy but inwardly they're all like bonking their heads on the table in boredom well they do the thing that the mom did earlier of like god the life we could have had about this this brazilian helicopter pilot <laughs> apparently the yeah. same one <laughs> yeah i want to see how they <laughs> i wonder if the mom got coaxed over into that uh into that school system because of this friend uh we see uh some barista we see the cool girl we see a birthday. The cool girl being panicky on the inside yes. real good we see That's the a birthday clown, the the real life Jingles. <laughs> yep. Uh, the bus driver who is just they're they're different colors, but they're all just anger. Yeah, that's pretty good. And then we get to um, see a dog, a dog, a dog and a cat, <laughs> which is really good. Where the dog is just like they're all just always in agreement. We should go get that food. Go get that food. Go get that food. And the these cat, differences like, don't matter. Nobody's at the console. <laughs> 
yeah, one just kind of walks across it like a keyboard. One kind of walks, yeah, exactly like a keyboard, and like starts pawing at the controls, and then externally the cat freaks out for no reason <laughs> and scampers. Perfect. That's exactly what I want. <laughs> the cats are just chaos. There's no <laughs> nobody's all at the control a, board. It's all a record skipping. <laughs> Yeah, and that's uh, that's Inside Out. It's uh, it's clearly a Pixar movie, but it's also like really valuable from an emotion perspective and from a development perspective. And it has flaws, but it does so much so well that I I will give it as many passes as it needs. Yeah, I I'm more or less in the same ballpark um i tried when going over it with you not to focus on the emotional highlights and to instead focus on the uh movie construction parts i failed uh i did not do that I focused <laughs> why on of all movies highlights. would you want to do that here well i just you know i i feel like there is utility in talking about how this movie communicates to a more than most movies we talk about it is very important to recognize how good this is at communicating to a young child. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there is actual there is actual stakes for a child hearing this message well. So all the pieces of, okay, we need a little bit more Pixar here. Let's put a Chinatown reference over there. That <laughs> seems like it. kids will like it. Um, all of that stuff is stuff I tried to focus on. I I admit that I didn't do that after a while. It's so <laughs> fun f- from the perspective of a person who is looking at this, trying to find psychology stuff in the same way that we enjoyed Osmosis Jones whenever we were like, yeah, that's how the, the, the fucking immune system works. <laughs> that is how the brain would propagandize to yourself. Like, there, there's a lot there. Mm-hmm. So yeah, uh, I'm I'm kind of in the same ballpark. As many passes as it needs, as many fake boyfriends as it takes. Yep. Uh, Zane, thank you for getting us to look at this movie. Yeah, it only only took a few years. Listen, years well spent. <laughs> Remember Tarzan? That was great. Um, but yeah, I I really appreciated the opportunity to look at all of these uh, psychological concepts that I've just always really been interested in. Um, especially being able to tie it into improv exercises and this sort of like combining emotions to make new ones, you know, like a Pokemon esque catch them all and categorize them all so that you have a better vocabulary to express yourself. Like just, just does it for me. Yeah. Once you realize that Steiner and Vivi can combine their attacks (laughs) and the world is your oyster. They're going to combine. They're going to combine great uh anyway thanks for listening uh zane what are we watching next it's zoids hi zoids face here um <laughs> yeah so we we're we're making a zoid sandwich freakazoid inside out regular zoid well doesn't inside expect- out like uno reverse those so that they're on the inside i don't know how many players were is it five are we working <laughs> with five players here how many of them are lewis black uh, I cannot so yeah, overstate uh, how much Lou's Black is in this movie, and he's he, he's toned he it down. Because <laughs> like his anger is very rarely just anger; it's usually like the 
I'm gonna get you. Kind of like he's 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 loving being angry. It's not just anger. It's I'm a- I'm anger and loving it. I'm 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 fulfilling my role to a T. Right. I'm gonna sleep so well tonight. Yeah. He. <laughs> it's really important. Um. But uh, yeah, Zoids. We have referenced it a lot. I think we both have very vague memories of it existing. And it's, from what I understand, a weak mech show that we won't have lots to say about, but we'll have a lot making fun of. I I remember one scene from the, like, five minutes I saw of it where three, like, tiger mechs were running in a line, and they were moving faster because the front one cut down the air resistance for the ones in the back, and then the ones in the back shot forward to the sides— and use their air momentum to move the one in the middle forward. And I just always thought, that can't that can't work like that, right? Like geese. Yeah. <laughs> I is that where I have that that saying that one I thought was in the memory pit, but it got rocket sledded back up. <laughs> oh, thanks no. to thanks to your <laughs> your intervention. Oh, what what got left down there? <laughs> oh my god. How many gum commercials are in there? How many, how they, many they bing bongs have blinked. I killed to reignite this? <laughs> a and, graveyard uh, of bing bongs. Ben, uh, it's what good it, that they. It's good that the the memories that are completely spent do disappear back to the future style. Because I don't know if I could have handled an entire graveyard stuck. of imaginary friends. <laughs> well, they just stack eventually, right? <laughs> stack them to the top. Ben, what are you um, going to pull out of the memory hole next time? Uh, after Zoids, you had mentioned it. I think it's a great idea. We haven't gone back there for a while, and it's very useful as an articulation point in the edutainment, teaching kids about things they should know, so it's not too far away from Inside Out, but uh, more ecological. Yeah. Less psychological. Captain Planet. Yeah. We've we've got our team of five taking on problems, solving Mm -hmm. them in a pro-social way. Uh, maybe because it's from the 80s, it's not quite as nuanced. If you liked the fact that there were five color-coordinated people in Inside Out, but also liked the racial stereotype of the sexy Mexican, mm-hmm. you're gonna you're gonna have a good time with Captain Planet. <laughs> I foresee. <laughs> um, and so get yeah, ready to see our what... second favorite Wheeler. Second favorite? Hmm. I don't know. Joey I think Wheeler. They... <laughs> Look, I think that they are both important members on the at the console to the <laughs> the abstract concept that is all wheelers. They all get a vote. Um, I don't know where I'm going with this. I'm going to try to end the episode. Audience, if you would like to be on our console. Hey, if you want to say anything to us about either Captain Planet or Zoids, you can write into the Cartoncast at fancybat.com slash cartoncast and hit us up on our contact page. Tell us shows you want us to watch, or just uh, leave us a comment, and we can read it on the air. If you have uh, other things to do, if you're bored, <laughs> go to... <laughs> it's been two and a half hours. If you want, if you go to Apple Podcasts, you can leave us a rating or review. It really helps us out and validates our existence. And uh, more than anything else, talk it sad. out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's a better way of putting it. I just got <laughs> stuck on this set. I 
I was struggling a lot with sadnesses. Yeah, I like things that are objectively terrible. I'm like, okay, I get it because like this is an externalization of externalization of sadness, and this is how she feels validated. But also, <laughs> dude, this is a hard one to communicate to children. <laughs> yeah, you're just you're just kind of laying it on here. Yeah, she could be saying like, you know, I know it's not for everybody, but I just love listening to Cats in the Cradle. <laughs> that would not that would not play with children anywhere. No, but you gotta get the adults crying, too.